I think maybe we should cut our blessings, too. Who's ahead of who? Is a donut a cornucopia? <laughs> Is that where the holes go? <laughs> well, it's not on the underwear. The cornucopia is not on the underwear. That it is used on to brand. be. It we all remember it, but it's not there anymore. I haven't heard anyone acknowledge World Vasectomy Day. It's not actually today, but for some men, it is every day, unless they reverse that decision. It is an act of love. Absolutely. We're all not. thankful that <laughs> we got here before world vasectomy day <laughs> uh, men's health month men are allowed to be healthy one month out of the year and it is november so here's to healthy manhood uh, does that somehow correspond to no shave november which marcus and jim did no not shame in my shave game november not sponsored by any of those fancy blade brands there's a lot of them yeah he's he's hoping for a sponsorship from ricola in case none of you have caught that <clears throat> if anybody could possibly write into the ricola executives and Fulfill a young boy's dream of being a Ricola spokesman. You could help Marcus out with this. You could send some of those blades to our P.O. box, and we would gladly, um, I don't know, say thanks, 
maybe discuss a sponsorship deal if we decided we wanted to uh, shave our bodies doesn't have to be just faces i know there's other parts of the body that grow hair too and razors will remove hair anywhere you allow them to go it will not we had some blessings in our video and we do have this email for you to count your blessings and send your blessings totals to thankful at ellenmarcus.com. Let us know if you want it to be publicly shared at any point at all or privately shared. Include that information in the email to thankful at ellenmarcus.com. It is a real, it is a real um, email address. It's slower than an instant message. That's what I've heard. Well, I'm Time is a flat circle, like right? in between snail mail and instant message is email now. So email is kind of a moderate yeah. middle path. A middle so path. Snail mail would email. be the right hand path. Instant uh -huh. message would be the left hand path. Okay. And email would be <laughs> right in the middle of the tree. Oh, e email is the is the center path. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what's uh, a carrier pigeon? I I was just wondering about couriers. What would a courier be? I'd say that that's a pigeon. That's the the right of middle path. Somewhere between the center path and the right hand path. So the slightly to right of center path would be a bicycle courier, a courier pigeon, walking it down to the mailbox. So not, mail to, not to mail it, but walking it down to like your neighbor's mailbox. Like if you have a note for your neighbor and you're like, if you don't shut your bitch ass dog up, I'm going to shoot it in the middle of the night with my silenced pistol. Mm -hmm. That would still be slightly to the right of the center path. Gotcha. My opinion. So you're saying mail couriers are on the spectrum. Most what about what about uh, what about Johnny Mnemonic, where they just download the message into their brain and then they have to walk with it? Well, it depends. Is it more than forty gigabytes? Is it under eighty? Uh, gigabytes? If he has a doubler thing, if I remember correctly, it's been like I was in high school. I think when I saw that movie. So. I think that's left it of was the left the hand Matrix, half. So his brain it. wasn't, you know, quite up to the Matrix level yet. Yeah, if, he didn't have it. Elon stuff. Musk gets his way. That will eventually become the standard left-hand path, whereas currently that's left of the left-hand path. So to the left of the left-hand path, in my opinion. So it's really far right if we're on a circle. Absolutely, yeah. If, if you go far enough right, theory, this you just, on the far right, correct. You're chasing Absolutely. your tail, and it's just very circular. Is it? Is it toroidal? I'm still just using the fires of Gondor out here. You know, Do you, you have a tail if it's a circle. You know, Smoke signals. Well, I yeah. mean, I only have pugs, so all all tails at my house are toroidal, double <laughs> ah. double twist toroid. They're also yeah, two to. Three four four three two. The tails are. I checked earlier. Really, that's good. Yeah, you need an old-fashioned mercury thermometer and one of these tuning forks. Is the tuning fork going to help you cut the turkey this year? Poor turkey, Alan. 
I was already saying a quiet prayer for you in my heart for ignoring us vegan vegetarian types with your relentless kill and fucking eat a dead bird propaganda. And now you're going to ask me if I use my sacred tuning fork in the process of killing and fucking eating some poor bird. No, that's disgusting. John and I had to go into the fucking ravages of downtown Vegas just to fucking get some fucking vegetarian food. And then you're still going to harass us? That was a hell of an adventure. Yeah, me and me and Ben actually re- I, I I plugged it John in Smash Burger to get Gene us a black Simmons bean burger. Song. And uh as we're driving around in my car trying to figure out what the hell I've done to us, we realized that the uh fast food restaurant that we're seeking is inside of the Rio, which is an ancient yeah. casino from the 90s. And so we went in there and it's like its own private ratchet hood set inside this casino super like ratchet <laughs> 85% of the slot machines were turned halfway off so the screen said don't touch me and there was printed notes that said these are all being removed don't touch them and there was like a kiss mini golf arcade and like all these like businesses where you could get a tattoo or buy bad BDSM equipment or really 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 bad uh Souvenirs, like a blinged out I thought wallet. That was all that, the kids thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know. And so, I mean, it, I Ben and I took the opportunity to bond over our mutual hatred of Gene Simmons. See, I am, I am behavior. surprised because Vegas is one letter away from vegan. So you thought that they would be so close in culinary agreeability but apparently well, this is not. the second vegan sean and ben trying to find vegan vegetarian food story and the first one involves a mexican restaurant that was so far into the ghetto that if it wasn't ben and i we might have been at risk of being robbed blind and it was called veganos and it was actually a okay. standard yeah. tiny little shopping mall uh sean, mexican place but this guy was smart G. enough to to get some of the crappy fake vegan meats and make his rice without lard and it just says Veganos. Was it pronounced? And it's about Vigano? the same size as a DMV uh, hub in the city. We sure. You go in there, and he gave us uh, actually decent food. But then, of course, it was so exhausting. I think we drove thirty miles and back to get the food across the city of Vegas and back. And then we accidentally took the wrong bags. So Ben and his yeah. wife got whatever oh. I ordered, and vice versa. Whatever fake so. ass meat he ordered, I ordered black. Well, there ain't no black meat. If we could get an illustrator, Vegas? me and Ben could probably make a nice coffee table book about trying to get vegan yeah. food in Vegas. You know, dude, the crack, the crack and that my either. truck fucking got stolen as a separate upgrade book. Yes. <laughs> Did you ever ask them if they found the truck? They no, they haven't found the truck yet. Like the the because I reported it to insurance and everything mm-hmm. and the, and so and even insurance is supposed to call me if they find it and I ain't heard a fucking thing. <laughs> I'm starting to think that they stole it because of the motor. Yeah, that that's what I'm that's what I'm hearing too. You know, my they that probably took that thing that straight south across the border. Yeah, it probably took it to the Middle East. Oh yeah, like yeah, that that'd truck. be pretty awesome. Yeah, if they found out someday that Ben's truck was in Iraq or something. That would be pretty yeah. badass. Dude, I would recognize. We could go on a mission it. to get I would it. Let's go get it back. Yeah, like, you motherfuckers. I knew build the a Middle raft East and not, float it back. Along. You know they don't want me in the Middle East. I don't care about either. I believe side. that. <laughs> this feels like the modern tall tale. Like it's just gonna 
Get bigger and bigger. <laughs> yes. What's up, Plan B? That banner could be printed out and plastered all over the Middle East, and maybe there will be peace in the Middle East if they find this one yes, man. Karen, Karen B is in the chat. The, she puts Plateauberfest on. Just an absolute. We are all very thankful about it. We are so yeah, thankful. We're grateful for your unbelievable effort to put on Flattoberfest, Karen. We know you're always welcome to join us, Karen. Talkers and unappreciative people, but we appreciated it very much. It was a blast. It was a good time. Right. Spiders were representing like crazy over there. Spiders yes. everywhere. What a hell did of a you, party, um, too. Did you say that you ended up getting a copy from Karen of the? Uh, your presentation two years ago? I had not yet. I had not. We, oh. uh, Karen and I have hardly talked in the last, uh, the last month, you know, them couple, last couple weeks before the event and after the event, you know, you're, uh, you're wiped out that- after the event and you don't even know what to do. You know, you're so busy. You can't see straight before it. So <laughs> it's on <laughs> your rock fan. Definitely. Isn't it? I'm oh, pretty sure uh, it's on your rock fan. On mine, I think so. It's on, I it was on to look for it last month, and it was not. I was trying to oh. find it on. He was looking for it on YouTube. It was on her unveiling this realm uh, channel because her Karen B has got it takes a lot it's of a, hits. It's a good point. A lot of this content we take for granted. It streams, and then we forget about it, and then we go back to look for it, and it may or may not be there. So if you're hearing these wise words, or it might now's be a good muted. Time to download the content you want. And you might find the video and the audio might be not allowed to be listened to. So there's all sorts of little sneaky tactics that other video sharing platforms have played on us. And it's been very difficult. That's why we do try and say, Rockfin, thank you for hosting our videos and archiving our work there. So shout out and thanks to Rockfin. Give it a try sometime. That's on Odin's Alchemy page there. And when we start doing the uh, thanks, I'm going to do a whole thanks for the community that uh, got me home. Uh, I, when uh, all that happened with my truck getting stolen, the Brian Stavely put up a fundraiser and some other people even outside of the fundraiser did things. And uh, uh, a guy tried to steal uh, steal all my ha- happiness for the event. And uh, they, they said, nope. We're, uh, we're not putting up with that. And so I got a list of the people that helped make that happen. Um, and so when we go to do the thankful part, I'm going to talk about that for a minute. Um, I'm absolutely floored by it. Uh, you know, cause it's a, for us, it's a, a bigger deal than a lot of people because I, I live out of that truck. You know, I, I have a farm out in the mountains and at least twice a week I have to go in and I have to get about 3000 pounds of hay which is more than an F-150 or something like that can carry. I have to have a specific truck. I've got to have the the larger uh, Super Duty F-250 or F-350 uh, or else I can't even get my supplies in and out. So I wasn't just hurt for going home. I would have been hit when I got home, and it was, it was a huge deal. And uh, I'm just floored by the whole community by it. That's such a beautiful thing. It, it definitely uh, made – it brought tears to my eyes that uh, we have such yeah. a loving and open community. It's such a great thing. So cool. 
Yeah, it was really uh, nice to see the, uh, you know, I shared it around and people were piling in there. And uh, I don't think there's a way to emphasize how grateful and thankful we are to see people come out so strong to support Ben. Because the, I mean, just like you said, the adversity that comes from it is not, it can't really be quantified easily. I mean, if you've been to the Sierra Nevada mountains and looked at these properties to see what it means to live there alone, like just to live there, not work and do farm stuff and have responsibilities, you have to have a four-wheel drive or ideally, you know, I mean, that one, that old truck wasn't four-wheel drive, but that's just because Ben's a badass driver. Most people would not be able to <laughs> navigate the mountain without a four-wheel drive. You're just going to put it in the ditch. Most people are just going to put it in the ditch because, uh, and so it's just amazing. I was really grateful to Brian Stavely when I saw him put it up. So I started trying to send it out to people and I noticed a lot of people just, you know, just kick it in here and there makes a huge difference. And, yeah. you know, I know people privately supported you also. And to me, it's just a testament to the whole thing that you see somebody suffering uh, unexpected downfall and to cover the spot, you know, like bridge it up real quick was a real blessing. So well, that's what a community is all about. Yeah, that's what a good very community happy, is all about. Grateful. I'm so grateful and thankful for this community. All you guys. I love you. Yes. <laughs> I love all you guys. And it's it was just everything about Flatoberfest was just absolutely amazing. And the time that we spent together was everything I hoped it could have been. It was just beautiful. Nice. Yeah, I was looking to see if we could find the Rockfin uh, last year's Flat Earth presentation. It was up here somewhere. Stacy Sunshine has a, a copy of it uh, on her phone. Of this year, this right? Year. But yeah, right, because I, I have yeah. the file on Telegram of that copy um, because I shared it to my saved messages so I would have like an archived copy. Oh, so hook me up with that copy and I'll put it up on, on our channel here. Yeah, I need yeah. that too, Sean, if you can. Please, please, thank you. Are, you. are we over there? Yeah, so I'm afford that to that. I'll just forward Perfect. it to the Spiders Welcome Web as long as everyone's okay with that. I'll just send it over there right now. I think that'll be just <laughs> fine. It's our work, our material, and we all want to have it archived. And it's a huge blessing and benefit for people who are listening now to download the files and to preserve them on their hard drives and to back them up to VHS tapes and... Yeah, so them into go stone to the spiders and... welcome web telegram right now the most recent uh is a forward from stacy sunshine that's where i got it obviously awesome. on here that we're going to lose video quality a little bit but the pertinent part has really been talking you do get to see a little bit of the video he was using on the screen but been explaining yes, and if members who have not joined alchemy. spiders welcome web join and there's a message saying wait to be approved well just wait a little moment and you'll be approved having to uh check the security a little bit you know trucks disappear things disappear the security is going to be an issue going forward that we need to be even more mindful of we live in a very crazy world there are things to be thankful for and there are other people who are under the influences of uh, different spirits and the opposite of thankfulness and generosity. And, you know, locally, you probably see that where there's the haves and have nots. It's, um, 
It's an interesting story living through 2023 and the movies like Johnny Mnemonic predicting that the future would be, you know, very, very poor. There'd be a lot of poverty. There'd be technology and there'd be wealth and there'd be AI and there'd be robots. And then there'd be a lot of poor people suffering. Those were in the movies from the 80s and the 90s. We're living in the future so. I did find uh, Ben Balderson HD on Karen B's channel, but it is um, on premium. At some point, I canceled my Rockfin because I wasn't using it. So if you have premium Rockfin, I can drop that link in the Telegram also. And I'm sure Karen is probably willing to uh, share this video with us. If, you know, maybe we just need to get together like a, a $35 donation to pay Karen for the time it'll take to find it and upload it somewhere. When she had it up, but she, right. Anytime that uh, these big events happen, Karen, did her YouTube every single year has gotten taken down right before the event. Um, you know, they, you know, you're, when you're doing something, everybody's got to, uh, you know, you catch everybody's attention and for good and for bad, you get both sides of it, you know? And the yeah. people come, <laughs> in droves to mock it like that one guy yeah. that youtube channel oh yeah do we want to talk yeah about there's a really big channel again? that i um, i remember they were talking right afterwards about trying to identify that guy and i don't know if they uh ever tyler something tyler um tyler something with the yeah, with a humor shtick where he decides he's going to investigate certain things and then brings in probably agitators to set things up to make a comedy punchline that falls flat and it was really uh, yeah. really disappointing because i wanted to laugh and i wanted to enjoy the humor because there are a lot of self-aware goofy people showing up to Flattoberfest, to have a fun time, to laugh and celebrate. And there could have been a lot of humor there, but it was it was not done in the most tasteful way. And it was disrespectful to Tyler to behave in such a, a, a childish, selfish sort of way <laughs> for his millions of viewers on YouTube. He's yeah. got it. Joe got it. It's the dude without a beard, pussy. Right, and then and then to stand in, <laughs> in a room and use an open microphone to ask a presenter a question about another person at the event who may have had uh, improper relations with people using the R word on the microphone, saying it, but then having the audacity and the, the just the guts to bleep out his own voice when he says rape and he bleeps it out so youtube wouldn't hear the word rape and i'll say it a third time rhymes with grape he bleeped it out for his own video so if he was not comfortable enough for his audience to hear it in his video then how was it appropriate or even a, a good idea in the first place to say it in front of a room in a private setting what did he say? On a microphone. It was a piece of crap. So if you don't know what we're talking about, there's a guy, Tyler something on YouTube, who showed up at Flattoberfest to record a video, and we all knew who he was because he's a famous celebrity online with millions of subscribers. 
<sighs> and then made a very uneventful, unhumorous, unfunny video and wasted a lot of people's times wasted minutes of their lives when they were having fun, but got them alone to talk to them for half an hour to share a 15 second clip of them saying how they are no longer in a relationship with a loved one because they had a different point of view. And it took him and half an hour to talk to a lot of different people one-on-one to get them to talk about their private relationships. Again, not a humorous thing, not a bravery act if ever we've seen it so i used to get really upset about the the helio bros trolling Mm -hmm. but at this point it's been like 10 years in the public sector somewhere around there and you got to pretty much be a mongoloid yourself to not see that it's correct you know i mean there's there's no fucking magnetic south. Anyway, end of story. That's all we need to say, really. Find me magnetic south. Magnets have two poles. Where is it? There, yeah. there, you don't. You don't really need to say anything else. Well, I mean, plus the people don't realize how candid all is. There's a. There's a on on Twitter especially. There's there was this whole huge conglomeration of what they called bikini accounts and it was very obvious that they were using the the algorithm and robot uh programming to you know to nerf everything people don't know nerf you know is a video game term that means to reduce the signal or the effectiveness of something and so they they're toying with the idea of flat earth i think on purpose so that people like what paul just said that have come to the you know, most people that studied it, what I mean, why? It's because you saw it and you thought, oh, this is stupid or this doesn't seem right. I'm going to solve this. I'm going to put this to bed so I don't have to think about it anymore. And then it's three or four years later. You haven't put it together. Yeah, I'm going to disprove this real quick, you know, and and then you end up uh, just desperately trying for years to disprove it. And you finally have to resign yourself to accept it on some level. Well, so on top of that, so you've got literally millions of people that this has happened to, that they're disgusted at the concept or the idea of flat earth. They dive into it to try to disprove it or to find out more. They can't disprove or to their own satisfaction, show themselves anything that supports the globe model. Right. And so then on top of it, you have powers that be that at least have enough money to use um, algorithmic uh, robot, uh, you know, what we call botnet accounts to nerf the whole thing and to keep it stirred up in the public mind, but also to keep the flat earth side of it minimized and under derision and made fun of. So then it becomes to me, it's like, you know, it's another loose harvesting operation of some kind where they want us arguing. They know that the flat earthers are onto something, but they won't allow that, that uh, information to matriculate to the top. You know, I mean, Mark, Mark Sargent said that during the thing, if they would unnerf it, Flat Earth would be one of the main trending things at all time, period. Yeah. Was that a topic that yeah. you discussed very early on in your public Internet career, the shape of the Earth in a blood sport? Hey, I mean, that's the first thing I did was uh, I went on Andy Worski's Worski live show 
and uh, had a debate with a man named uh, Jean-Francois Garapi, who is currently under accusations of being a murderer, by the way. Um, what? It's a popular, uh, yeah, some people think that uh, apparently uh, JFG's uh, ex-wife uh, or girlfriend has vanished, and there's, of course, much hoopla and speculation that maybe he um, had some kind of hand in her downfall. Um, I haven't dived into it. I've just seen it because every once in a while I'll get bored and I'll go back and watch, you know, Andy Worski has a show called Kino Casino with uh, <laughs> a guy named Ashton who goes by PPP, which I believe stands for People's Populist Press. And I did, uh, I heard that Ashton is currently having some kind of uh, personal crisis. So the Kino Casino is on hold. But, you know, to me, it's the same as like, if you get bored of listening to music or something important in the morning when you wake up and instead you turn on intentionally talk radio to me that's the same thing if i decide you know what i'm gonna go find out what andy worski is doing it's that same level of like i don't really want to think i want like gossipy silly funny bullshit like they'll completely attack nick fuentes for six hours straight and they'll like spend hours and hours getting all kinds of clips and screen captures and information and then they'll just run Nick Fuentes through the cheese grater a hundred times in a row and slow the videos down and laugh and people will donate 500 bucks at a time. And so it's pretty funny, bucks. you know? Just, oh yeah. Just, they dropped bank. I mean, these guys are, so, these guys are, they call it a casino about, for a reason. Talking about because, gossip. Yes, is it absolutely. People pay to hear that. That guy seems to bring it on himself. And, I would be shocked if, if Worski has received less than a million dollars in donations since he started his internet career, I would be absolutely astounded. And that's how I got his attention. I sent him some money, you know, like, hey, because the, the oh. chat at the time, Alan, to finish answering your question, the chat at yeah. the time that I was uh, preliminarily watching Worski, they called it blood sports. And they would encourage people to come online and argue about really taboo, controversial topics with very little moderation. Like you couldn't mm -hmm. just scream and yell at each other. So they would interrupt and kind of moderate. But you were really allowed to just put your ideas together and see what happened. And it was very volatile and very entertaining, but people were begging constantly in the chat for a flat earth debate and they were ignoring it. They were poo pooing it because they don't want to deal with it. It's a taboo topic. Even still now, I don't think these guys have taken a serious consideration of flat earth because most people have an aversion to it because of what we were talking about. So I sent some five and $10 super chats challenging JFG to a flat earth debate. And he said, yes. So, you know, and that, and that is still online. It's not on the original channel because that original Worski live channel is gone. But you can find the debate if you type SB Alger Flat Earth Debate, uh, JFG, or um, Andy Worski. It's still up there, you know. So, hey, Shawnee. Mm -hmm. you, uh, you familiar with Jake the Asshole by any chance? Yeah, yeah, I know who Jake the Asshole is. It's been a while since I looked at his stuff, but yeah, I know who he is. What you were just saying reminds me of and I forgot to mention this because I was baked out of my fucking tree long, long time ago when we all first started talking. But uh, I don't know if you were paying attention when he had that thing where he was saying that some Canadian fellow was in league with Boylan and uh, Dubay and they fucking killed some girl. Uh, somehow they found a, a bunch of personal information about. Matt and uh, Eric uh, came close to doxing both of them, I guess. Pretty close. Uh, 
have no idea where they got the level of information on their backstory that they Matt, had. Matt Powerland? Yeah, Cooperberg. I used to yeah, yeah. talk to him quite a bit back in the day. Um, so yeah, they, they made this whole fucking big deal about how some girl had disappeared and was likely dead and yada, yada, yada. It was riveting, gripping shit, uh, reminiscent of, you know, Co-intel, CIA type of. Uh, I mean, I remember Jason James Bickford is a famous channel. He's still around, but he was pretty big back in the day. Um, they they nerfed him right off of YouTube and and really just hassled the shit out of him. And he's uh, he um he used to when I first found him, he was doing a pretty good job of exposing the idea that he thought that Matt Powerland and Eric DeBay were intentionally having infighting that they were creating. Um, intentional uh, division and, and derision uh, between each other. And he was showing them, he, he was big into decoding things and he was showing orange, the, the color orange and the number 33 and a lot of that kind of stuff back in the day. So, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that there's even more information along the line of what you're talking about. You know, I've never really trusted either one of those guys. Well, here's know. the problem. Here's the problem. None of that was true. And apparently... Uh, you mean it's not Jake? the girl being missing? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. yeah. She wasn't missing. People the entire time were saying that she wasn't missing, and that she was intentionally uh, out of contact. Come to find out, this girl was skeeved out by Jake or Jake's fat Canadian friend, and basically went. I don't know if she was on the lam, but was completely out of contact with those people right. and uh i ended up having a conversation with jake later on um because he kind of disappeared for a while after that and i called him out on it and he bugged out like guilty people tend to bug out when you call them out on you know yeah yeah some bullshit but yeah so when you say that Nobody wanted to look into Flat Earth. I I used to make the most obscene, vile jokes you could possibly imagine. I railed against that shit for a long time. My ex's brother paid me cash money, $300 for a weekend of my time because he was that fucking serious and i just absolutely refused to acknowledge it i thought it was the most dim-witted bobo shit you could possibly imagine and it took me all of about an hour and 45 minutes to uh realize that i wasn't going to be getting a lot of sleep in the future and <laughs> hindsight hindsight um i wish i had gotten more because I didn't sleep very much for about a year. Yeah. Before yeah. you fall asleep tonight, send an email to thankful at alanmarcus.com. If you have a microphone and a video setup and you want to say thanks and share your blessings on our stream tonight, also send an email to thankful at alanmarcus.com to request the StreamYard link tonight. Come and join us. But yeah, I, Paul, I think it's because it undermines people's uh, core foundational uh, system. 
And, you know, I mean, it's we're talking about the most important thing you can have in your life, which is your cosmology. And it used to be acceptable that all different cultures and and peoples had and brought their own understanding of cosmology to the table. And so at some point they canned up a cosmology for us and gave it to us. And so then when you undermine that um, subconsciously, can. Yeah, like well, it threatens people's foundational position, and it's not conscious. In that so can? that's what you have to think of it as, like, this is stupid, I can't hear this. You know, to me, I always compare it to people that, like, if you've ever been in a situation where you know that your friend is being cheated on, doesn't matter, male or female, obviously, in my experience, usually it's a male, and uh, so people start to hint, they try to give you the heads up, maybe one guy gets drunk and he says, I gotta tell him. And, you know, and no matter what, the person can't acknowledge it. And so then somebody goes to the next level and they're like, screw it. I'm going to document it. And they like record the woman cheating at the bar, like hanging all over somebody, making out. And even that sometimes doesn't break through the haze and get the person to acknowledge that they're in a situation that they prefer not be in. You know, and I think it's a very similar thing, you know, like people don't want their foundational position to be undermined. Um, because life is hard for, enough or you know? against the benefits of a world vasectomy day so if someone is asking for our advice part, part of it with the part of it with the the whole breaking the globe earth um is that uh we've been told that the people that brought that to us they uh they were mocked they were ridiculed removed from society and so god damn it y'all y'all killing me here i'm trying to be straight while i'm doing this <laughs> but they, they, See, i don't there's a part of balderson's head missing i think so it's camouflaged <laughs> <laughs> you know they were ridiculed and you know uh thrown from society and lost everything and so it gives that whole guilt that you know you know they paid this horrible price for you very similar honestly to the to the christian guilt where you know jesus died for your sins how could you turn your back on that and, and it's a very similar trope when you look at it you know because we were told the horrible price that these people paid in order to give us this information so you know there's almost like a right. guilt that's built in that you can't even look, look you know not, not believe that yeah and, and just in case people are missing what yeah, saying, like he's talking about the he's talking about the people that allegedly brought forth the idea that they had scratched hard at the scientific evidence and discovered that the uh earth was not the center of the universe that the earth allegedly rotates around the sun, etc. You know, they gave us this whole backstory that the battle to bring real cosmology to light was enlightenment scientists versus the Catholic church. And that there's this battle down going between the two, which, you know, that story doesn't really stand up. Um, there's actually a book. It's a strange book and it's very Catholic. So if you're going to find it and read it, A, I spent $10 to get the PDF. Um, it's called The Earth Movers, and it's a strange book because the person who wrote it does not believe in flat Earth, but they believe that the Earth is still and geocentric. So it's a very strange belief that they have of their own cosmology, that they think the Earth is a sphere floating in space, not moving, 
but that it is the center of the universe. But the book is chock full of evidence disproving the idea of uh, Foucault's pendulum. Like they have evidence in there of people admitting that they would wind these pendulum ups and that they would have to reset them to make them work and that it was a big intentional farce. You go to the science museum, all the dinosaur bones and other scientific evidence are there. And there's this huge pendulum that swings across the floor and it knocks over these little pins or it touches the sand in the middle. And it creates this illusion that you're witnessing the motion of the earth, but it's not true. And there's lots of evidence showing that it was a contrivance, that there was uh spring-loaded contraptions in the ceilings that the the you know the the managers of the museum would have to go keep maintenance of and these types of things and that's just one little section it's a long long book and it hey, just Johnny. proves all the stuff you were just talking about Ben you know like it says hey the what they say about how these guys were attacked by the church isn't true and here's the real evidence of how that shit went down and what it meant when it all happened and that it's not just like everything else. Of course, we can all agree on one thing. What the official story is never true. Whatever you, you yeah. heard in school, whatever you heard on the news, whatever you hey read in the newspaper, whatever your grandpa told you he thought was true. That shit's almost 100% definitely never true. That's what, have you, what have you heard about the Portuguese explorer who murdered and enslaved indigenous people and had a cloud named <clears> after him? Uh, poor Magellan is being dragged through the mud. Not in a good way. Probably. Well, I didn't know he was from Portugal. That changes my opinion of him completely. Well, he explored (laughs) Portugal. I think he maybe was there and left there and didn't stay there long. Uh, We're having this problem where things are named after people in history, and people are upset that people in history are named after things, birds, and whatever. So there's this whole whole historical rewrite. It's just the whole yep. it goes together with all the entire historical Physics rewrite telling us uh astronomers need to rename the magellanic magellanic clouds something in the milky way i think naming mm-hmm. parts of our uh galaxy are are when we look up the sky and we see milky ways and we're thinking candy bars i think we need to not name things after candy bars too so I'm okay with renaming everything to be more specific and accurate. Milky Way candy bars suck. Nobody likes them. <laughs> hey, Shawnee, oh. is that the uh, is that the book that talks about the Globus Cruciger Papal Bowl? You know, I don't know if that's in there or not. I don't think I've made it all the way to the end of the book. Um, you know, I could uh, I could probably control F through there and see if Globus Cruciger pops up or not. Hey, you need that. Well, it would it would have to be the, the whole thing because Globus Cruciger might come up as the item. Do you guys are is anyone here familiar with, with what I'm talking about? The Globus. I mean, I know what the Globus Cruciger is. Robbie Marks, okay. what's up, man? Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, that's as exciting to have oh, one right. of the greatest living psychedelic artists on the planet. Uh, Haha, <laughs> just kidding. On the plane with uh, us right here are Marks. What's up? Welcome to the stream, man. Yeah. How you doing? Doing good, Close, man. Thankful to have you done here. With, done with your touring for the year, huh? Finally back home. Yeah, I'm back home for a minute. I actually go back back out to Colorado this next week. So nice. It's yeah, nice. Just holding on for the ride, you know. Yes, sir. The Pine so, Barrens. That's where you live. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. One of two Pine Barrens in the world. The other one's yeah. in uh, Jerusalem and 
where they got all the big uh, uh, what was it the red cedars for Solomon's Temple in Lebanon and through there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we've got the pines here, which are the we have locally we have the King Pine Mountain, and basically when they originally discovered this area, they said these were the King's Pines, and they used them for the masts of the boats because they're yeah. so you know they're so straight. Yeah, pine trees grow really straight. Yeah, yeah. It's also very acidic soil, so not a lot. You know, you got scrub oak, you got uh, birch trees, you got a lot of blueberries, like wild huckleberries, you know. Got That's where I'd be. I'd be out stuck there. out there with basket Basically, after basket. Basically, same thing as where it. I live. Yeah. Basically, yeah. same thing where I live. Yeah. And where are you at? I'm in Humboldt. Humboldt. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've rolled, I've rolled through there. On on occasion, so well, good to have you here tonight. We got a couple things going on. We're kind of wrapping up our offensive bird name contest. We're seeking to find the most offensive names to replace bird names with. So we'll still be accepting those, I guess. If you want to email them to me, I, I'll receive them. The email does work. Uh, Robbie Marks tested it, and that's how he got a StreamYard link to join us tonight. So nice. anyone who wants to join us in StreamYard can, again, thankful at alanmarcus.com, blessings, count them, and receive them in response to an email. It's a little slower than instant message, but faster than snail mail. So it works. Good to know. <laughs> Yes. We were and, also uh, as far as your turkeys. question earlier, um, Mike Wick. So no, you could not stick a telescope on the highest mountain in America and see China. Uh, there's too much atmospheric interference. It ends up working out no different than being in a pool, and the you know you can see a few feet in front of your face really easily, but eventually the water particles they just add up too much, and you can't see through it anymore. It takes longer with air particles, but you know every cloud, every bit of fog, every all the every particle, it just starts adding up until eventually you just can't see anymore. So no, eventually you know that just would not happen. I think it's like a fourteen mile um, span that you're able to see through the density of the air. Yeah. Yeah, All right, so like I can't point, even can't see Canada see. across the lake, and mm. that's not, you know, as big as an ocean by any means. Well, it's so. a it's a common question because when you look linear left or right on the horizontal plane, the atmosphere stacks <laughs> up and it changes constantly. If you look at some of these channels that are experimenting with, uh, especially over the surface of water, as the day changes, as the uh, the saturation humidity of changes. Um, humidity changes you get all kinds of illusions and and interesting things happening and there's some people that are duplicating this in their front room on a microscopic scale where they're getting big trays of water and shooting cameras and uh, creating little line drawings and showing the you know they call it fata morgana you know the illusions that come from that kind of stuff but so when you point the camera straight up um the density obviously decreases the higher up you go that is true. you know you don't get as much atmosphere the higher up you go so then you have this other thing happening 
So then there's confusion and a lot of information to try to be determined about the difference between looking in a, a forward, linear, horizontal way versus a vertical way. And so most people just uh, and then the, the way that your eye works um, and perspective and all those things is also things that most people are pretty ignorant of. Um, and so these are huge humps to get over. You have to confront these things in an honest way and start to learn as if that you're a noob, you're a newbie student. You want to actually learn and understand and not just be presumptuous and uh, start throwing gotcha ragtag bullshit against the wall and see if it'll stick. If you want to make an honest inquiry, I'd say lots of people don't want to make an honest inquiry. They're just like, they want something that they can grab onto and say, this shit's stupid. I hate it. And if that's also to me, that's good enough too. you know, like if that's where you're at, that's okay with me. But if you want to make an honest inquiry, you have to, really broaden your mind as to how much information that you've never really considered because they told us they had everything figured out to the degree where, in my opinion, we were all kind of lazy and asleep about uptake of information about the realm that we live in because they gave us this presumed opinion of so many things being almost 100% figured out. And then it turns out that's not really true. And so then it, it opens up your scientific mind in a big way if you can confront it with uh, with an open mind and with some childlike curiosity and have some fun with it, because you can say, hey, maybe it's not true that they've got everything so figured out and squared away. And then you can approach it like Jim did the experiment with uh, he's got a laser uh, a temperature gauge. And, you know, so you see videos online that say uh, the moonlight is technically colder than the shadows outside. Okay, so you go outside on the full moon and you can see the shadow and you take your little laser that's a temperature gauge and you point it at the darkest part and you write that down or you memorize it and then you point it over someplace where you know the moonlight's hitting and it demonstrates it to you. Hey, the moonlight is actually colder. Okay, so then you can do this redundantly over and over again every time it's a full moon and start to chart data if you want. Now you have demonstrable evidence of something that they would tell you. I mean, so how is it that the light from the sun reflecting off the surface of the moon somehow bounces into our realm colder? Please, I would love to know. You know, if someone has an explanation for that, it doesn't make any sense, right? But if the moon is generating its own light and it's a different type of light, a silvery, uh, you know, uh, you know, the sun is antiseptic and they say the moon is actually um, decaying. I forget the word, you know, the, um, it causes things to mold and to decay as opposed to become sterilized and, and clean like the sun. OK, right. so then, you know, this this is a this is a different concept. No, they didn't tell me this shit in fucking sixth grade, you know. Yeah, so. the, the anode is is oxidizing in the cathode. That's the hydrogen side. So it puts together. Right. You know. I misspoke earlier. The uh, the thing is called the Globus Cruciger Unum Sanctum Papable. If anybody was looking for it, sorry about that. Yeah, I forgot what it is. I, I remember uh, hearing about that Papable. Papable is like a decree put out by the Pope that you know makes some kind of black. This this is the craziest shit you're ever going to listen to, right? It's essentially a, a salvage title, like for a, a shitbox Chevy. The, the, anybody who thinks the church was ever against heliocentrism is fucking smoking crack. The church took that concept and said this, if 
if we are on a spinning, wobbling testicle, then God has forgotten about us. That's on brand. Yeah. And that's on brand. It's an act of love. Since since nobody has called dibs yet, we are just going to claim ownership of the entire fucking planet. And uh you know, firsties, we got it. They're Welcome, so, so, Real Black. What are you thankful for? What are your blessings tonight? Oh man, I'm I'm thankful for the flat Earth talk, man. Uh, it's it's we can we can definitely say what they're saying is a lie, but there's so many just simple things that you can like prove, like sunlight over a lake, like it shows that it's like directly over. Like if it was 11 billion trillion miles away, like it wouldn't shine like that. Um, like what about Warner Von Braun's uh, tombstone, where he's like the whole firmament thing? Like Psalms yeah, Warner Braun. Yeah, yep, his, exactly. Uh, his, Paul. Exactly. He's got he's got the Psalms on his tomb. Tombstone. You know trip. You know what trips me out about the, the, the whole question wh whoever asked earlier? Uh, number one, we all have eyeballs, right? Everybody here has eyeballs. I assume whoever fucking typed has eyeballs. And if he typed, I, I'm guessing he's not a bird, right? We can say he's a, a mammal, but he's not avian. He's probably bipedal hominid, right? So unless you're looking for mice to pick up on the ground from a thousand feet in the air, your fucking biology, your eyeballs are made to see what's in your general vicinity so that you aren't tripping over logs or getting mauled by predators in the, in the area. It's common sense. It shouldn't even be a question. I think we all probably took art class in school. Perspective. I mean... If, if I go look outside and I see the sunset, right? I mean, I don't see forever into the distance. Obviously, my eyes only see so far. So this is why I say when these people are trying to clown on, on us or laugh at us, it's a, it's a crazy whack-a-mole joke they're playing on themselves. Like, I don't even let them phase me anymore. I think it's hilarious. It, it's so it's so unbelievably simple and grounded in logic and reason. And they're That's like, you people have magical thinking? No. That's where I'm at, Paul. I, I, I devised a question that I thought was the absolute most non-triggering question ever. And I managed to trigger everyone with it. I said... <laughs> Did you ask the question at the Thanksgiving table last year? No, no. I was just like, okay, how many facts would it take me? And you get to agree upon the facts. How many facts would it take me to get you to think that there's something fishy about round earth? And you get to decide the facts. No one would directly answer the question. No one would directly answer the question. Right, like, because what Rule's talking about is exactly what I said. It's because you're pointing a big neon arrow right at their foundational flaw in their, like, okay, so if I say you're standing on thin ice and you're about to fall in, 
and you don't want to fall in, you're not trying to hear that. Now, if you're smart, you say, shit, thank you. I want off the thin ice. But if you don't want to believe there's any chance you're standing on thin ice, maybe it doesn't look like thin ice. Maybe it sounds like it looks like you're standing on top of the grass. But maybe underneath the grass is the thin ice and you're getting ready to fall right into the freezing cold lake. You don't want to know. And if you don't right. want to know, you don't want any information about it. You know, just like I was saying about being cucked or something, you know, if you're if your woman's cheating and you're not trying to change your whole life and get rid of that cheating bitch, <laughs> then you don't want to know she's cheating. You got to you got to make up a whole laundry list of things to say, no, that can't Sean, be true. I'm receiving your laundry list. I'm not sure if this is for or against an act of love are we for or against the act of love of the vasectomy procedure i don't know i guess we'll have to ask again when now, more this is some of the most offensive propaganda stuff. i've ever seen and alan marcus keeps putting it on the screen i think we should vote to make a donation to alan to stop putting that on the screen how much money do a we sperm have to donation to stop ah, sperm bank. Well, why exactly would flat earth be simulation theory like I, I'm not sure where the the Venn diagram lands on that. Oh, for Mike Wick there? Yeah. yeah I'm not... Well, I mean, I think if people... Yeah, oh, me, that, 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 what... that debate between Weiss and Professor Dave was an absolute shit show. Holy shit, that was one of the worst debates I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was just like two monkeys throwing poo at each other the whole time. That fucking thing's got like 4 million, 4 million views. Well, if we can't if we can't come with a genuine interest to hear the other person's side without ha already having ridicule and hatred and dissatisfaction in our hearts, it's very hard to have any kind of honest discussion because people they they're just they're either already triggered or they're just waiting to be triggered, and so you try to come with a kind heart, but you don't really have it. You know, like you have to have compassion on the other person <laughs> that's pretty deep to to have such a substantial disagreement and we talk about the the most core basic thing like the realm that we live in can we agree on any points that's why rules question is a great question is it three points five points is it after 15 or 25 points that you finally say hey you know all the footage you showed me of nasa astronauts looking like they're underwater and faking shit seems like there might be some validity to some of those videos how many do i have to show you before you start to say because I, you know, what uh, what Paul said about the, or somebody said about the water on the surface of the lake. I used to have a meme saved, and I probably have it somewhere. Somebody took the regular picture of the sun reflecting across the surface of the ocean, and they dumped the identical picture into Photoshop, and they changed the surface of the ocean to be the identical dimensions of what it would be if it was the globe that we're told that we're on. And of course the direct line of reflected water that points straight at you across the surface of the water goes away completely. Because if you change the surface of the ocean into a ball, you no longer get a straight reflecting line. Just like the sidewalk shines a, a street light above your head at night when it's raining, you get a straight line reflecting down the street right to you because the sidewalk for the most part is flat. And the ocean is, is also for the most part flat. So if you change it to the shape of a huge sphere, that straight line vanishes immediately, you know, yeah. but people don't so hear that. I have a question about that for you then. Now, if we're talking about a pale blue dot where <laughs> we're told that this is what Earth looks like from space and it's this pale blue dot and 
now there's a limited amount of land because we've discovered all the land, all the land is known, and there are more and more humans occupying that land. And then the lie or the, I, let me qualify this by not qualifying as a lie, but saying, I don't know. I don't know if population numbers are accurate, accurately reported. But as of year 2023, there seems to be a, a thought that there are too many living men and women on earth on the land and there's too many of them so there's this idea of a need for population reduction is there some sort of connection we can make between globe earth ideas and family planning and population reduction and saying that there's limited space on earth there's too many people on the earth so some of you guys need to snip and not reproduce well i'd say it all ties together for sure definitely the idea that they want to, well, yeah, they want to square up the um, the presumptions and say, hey, you know, we presume how many people there are, how many there should be. We presume, you know, that there's a shortage on resources. We presume that there's a, a limited and finite amount of land and all this kind of stuff. When we don't have any legit reason to accept, I mean. That's the whole problem with any discussion and conversation is you have to start with terms and definitions and presumptions right out the gate. And if you can't agree on terms and definitions and accept at least some of the other person's presumptions, you can't have communication. It's not possible. Yeah, let, well, me, let me take a little bit of that, too. Um, I have a friend that lives in uh, Minnesota. Like, there's just plenty of land up there, right? Um, you know, you got um, I'm in Arizona. And uh, there's plenty of land here and people in Dubai cloud seed. So um, I don't think the <laughs> land's a problem, really. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, now, anyone that's been to Eastern Oregon knows that the idea that there's too many people in the world is just a lie. Yeah. yeah. It just goes on forever and it's just empty. Yeah. It's just wheat fields. For I just drove, miles, you know? Yeah, I just drove from the East Coast to the West Coast and back. And um, it's just days and days and days of emptiness. Yeah. You know, I mean, and if you you took the the you know um, the necessity of optimizing that land so that people could live on it, that would be the problem. Is right, getting, that would be a challenge. People. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I mean, then, if we wanted to most, pump the Columbia River out into Eastern Oregon, Oregon, it wouldn't be that hard. That, we could get some a real problem. Yeah, yeah. Because we start and we stop and look at it. In the last hundred years, every small town is dying. All these kids, mm -hmm. they don't want to live remotely. They want to have right. easy access. While we rat, while we go on about the evils of the 15-minute city, when they mm -hmm. hear it, they're like, fuck yeah! I can go any, I can get anything I want within 15 minutes. I don't even got to own a car, and it's all just easily accessible right, right at my, you know, right there. They're, they're all about it. And so when living. you look, like one of the sayings I've heard, that's very interesting is there's no such thing as a Democrat state. So then you look at that and, you know, and this is just points to it. When you look at it, then every single state, the state itself is never Democrat. It's always just one major city in that yeah. area. And that yeah. controls the whole rest of the state and overrides the rest of the state by far. Uh, you look at California, the LA complex, uh, in landmass is way smaller than everything north of Sacramento, but everything north of Sacramento has got like less than a million people. And the LA oh. complex has what, like six, seven million? 
Well, I think it's more than that, yeah. Yeah, a lot of fucking people. Um, yeah, that's funny. Polymathing dudes, wait till you get to Canada. Yeah, I could only imagine how yeah. uh, how much land there is. I mean, you'd have to clear some trees or learn how to live in them. But yeah, there's a lots and lots of property up north. Yeah. <laughs> With rich abundance. I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you figure I out mean, how to tap into those resources, right. then we don't have to worry about water and food and everything. You just have to oh, yeah. figure out how to transform uh what is raw and rough into something useful which is not as hard as you think you know right and trade ben's doing it he could tell you all about it yeah yeah <laughs> your hands will become yeah, you calloused do. your back will become sore you will go to bed early but you will figure it out yep. <laughs> so they say there's 331.9 million people in the united states as of the 2001 census See that that that's another thing that makes me wonder. Like, okay, people say, "Oh, it's not important." I, you know, I got to keep doing my uh, what I do every day. I got to keep surviving. But then you look, okay, more land that would solve resource problems. That would be extra land for more people. Um, that would give us back some of the tax money that NASA, who who the hell knows what they're doing with it. Um, Seems like a problem that would solve some problems to me. I, I don't know. Seems yeah. kind of important. Yeah. But they purposefully, they've purposefully driven people into the cities. And if you read the UN documents, they talk about paving the roads to the country less as time goes on so that people will less and less want to live in the country. I mean, I think to a great extent, they're driving people out during COVID and setting up these, uh, you know, 5G kind of 15 minute city proximity kind of things. And um, eventually they're going to drive people back because where we're at um, the little area I'm in, um, it's like a, it's like a winter kind of, um, summer like tourist area and um, there was 12 to 14 residents in the little neighborhood I'm in and now we have 120 like every house is full like people moved out of the city and I think at a certain point they're going to push people back into the cities you know yeah well, if they get their way with uh, carbon, carbon credits and right. uh, things like electrical cars you know it's like how can yeah. you road trip with a Tesla? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah not, you can't not, do it here. Like, you won't get it, anywhere. <laughs> well, and also they're finding that the temperature affects how much the battery will charge. And I've heard something like Absolutely. 20- yeah, exactly. Like you get half the charge because of the temperature. Um, but they're also, I heard something about 20 cars on charging blocks is the equivalent of a thousand houses on the grid. So like, like of, it's just unsustainable. I live off wow. I live off grid, so I live off of batteries. And in right. the winter, it's mm-hmm. a very interesting thing. So you you uh charge your batteries up fully, mm-hmm. and each of your batteries they call it a 12 volt battery, but it should actually have about 14, uh 14.2, 14.6, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, over 14. If it gets under 12, that's when things quit working. So it actually has to have above that. Um, So in the winter, you charge your battery up and it gets up to 14.6. Well, then you go to, and it's completely full. Well, then you go ahead and go to try to use it. And it'll say it has voltage. And and some people have experienced this in their car before, 
where you go in and you put your car on the tester and it says you have 14 volts, but then as soon as you hit a load on it, when it, when it's cold out, the battery just dies, just like and has no actual punch to it. And right. that's a that's because of the cold, the battery can't release its voltage. Right. And that, that's especially older batteries. It's a real problem. Yeah. I mean, uh, Edison Electric, a hundred years ago and change, had a electric truck that ran a thousand miles on a charge, lead acid batteries, old ship bag lead acid batteries, daisy chained together. So there's really no fucking excuses for why we're getting the piss poor mileage that we are. Shawnee, you mentioned getting along and making concessions. The original question that we had was about uh, holographic simulation theory. What I like to say is this. I can understand why those people say, think, why their minds go in that direction. And to be fair, we have uh, a bunch of aspects of the realm that seem to be holographic projections you know uh, whatever the whatever the sun and moon are um, i don't think they're physical objects i don't think that they are written, that that's not the only one that you see that's in the sky well it's the only one that you see but it's not the only one in the sky when you're seeing it um so yeah how there, would there a hologram are put it, out heat Paul? how would a hologram put out heat I don't know, Ben. I've been thinking about it for a long, long time. Um, it's a good well, question. I'd say that the I thing mean, is, we're just using the word hologram in this context as something, not necessarily as a hologram like we understand it, like a piece of technology that was, you know, invented and first used by Salvador Dali and uh, Alice Cooper to create a three-dimensional image, but as a placeholder word for something being projected into this three-dimensional realm from beyond it or whatever. So then I would say that we're already back to the idea of definitions, you know, so Ben's idea of a hologram that he just described. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. As we know, holograms, they do have holograms. Now me and Jim covered this on picture show way back in the day. They do have holograms now that you can touch. They project something into the air. It's visual and it's three dimensional and it will interact with your touch. Somehow they've gotten the lights and the lasers to make it non physical it doesn't move but it still recognizes you're touching it okay but that's not the same as what ben said okay so it doesn't you know it's not generating creating heat it's it's not yeah yeah i understand what's projecting in from outside of this realm into this realm well we can call it a hologram as a useful placeholder word what is it we don't fucking know what it is i agree i don't think that the sun and the moon are things there's a reason that i i use hologram specifically and i understand that uh, for nomenclature, it, it's not the greatest, but the reason I say it is because if you understand like how a Pepper's ghost illusion is made, how like, you know, right. cheese, cheese dick holograms are made, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a beam or beams either ref- refracted, reflected, whatever, off of the crystalline firmament, and then they are then coagulating in the sky. Uh, how they are exothermic and endothermic is anyone's fucking guess. I have no idea. I think about it all the time. I think about it more than Rome. So uh, <laughs> I did. I, I did see a video where a guy was describing exactly what you were talking about, Paul. 
Uh, he says basically it's like the black sun coming through the North Pole, hitting Polaris, reflecting off of uh, the firmament, splitting into two light rays or whatever, and uh, creating the sun and the moon. Um, it, it's pretty interesting. If I I can find it, I'll, I'll post it in chat because I know you. I wonder if it's. Smart I wonder if it's stuff. some. I wonder if it's somebody who I knows me. Supposed, I think it's a master mason that's supposed to be doing that, isn't it? Wasn't the guy supposed to be a master mason? And he does like a little drawing, and then the two light beams end up making like the the compass for the masonic symbol and all that. Compass in the square. Yeah, the that's that's I remember seeing yeah. that video. I wanted mm -hmm. to go back for a second to what uh, Rich, Richard uh, Marks, or pardon me, Robbie Marks, Richard Marks. Ah. Uh, was talking about um, with people being driven to the city and all that kind of stuff. Cause I dropped a link over here in the telegram. It's called the freedom advocates organization. And it's about the wildlands project. And if people aren't aware of the wildlands project, I recommend going over to the telegram and at least clicking on that link and understanding that they have a plan to make this, this 15 minute city is just the new, the new name they're giving it in the last few years. They've had yeah. this plan since like, the early 2000s maybe longer uh, they call longer. it rewilding you mm -hmm. know where they're going to turn mother nature back over to mother nature right. they're going to make all these narrow corridors that you're uh, restricted to travel in that you have to have limited passes to get across even like like going across yellowstone or something right and that they want to keep everyone focused in population centers you know and it's part of what people call agenda 21 but what i call communitarianism um, you know, and it's a it's a plan. It's part of this yep. this whole vision of the world that's the opposite of what we would call real freedom, where, you know, if uh, if uh, Richard wants to be out in the uh, Pine Barrens and take the risk of living out there, then, you know, especially if you have some kind of fam familial uh, lineage that says, hey, you've been there. That's your that's where your area is. You've been there forever then people should leave that the fuck alone, in my opinion. And you should have the right to, as long as you're a good steward of the land and you're shown to be taking good care of it, they shouldn't be coming in and meddling with everything, you know. Yeah. But obviously we know that that's kind of their modus operandi yeah. is to meddle with everything and everyone, so. That's kind of what I was going to say is, like, I'd like to propose a, a counter plan called reharmonizing where people live together with nature instead of just being like, all clumped together mm. and i wonder what other people think of this but i've been thinking about i think about this sometimes um so we're on a plane and then you get um all these people in the because i don't know like how close to a bigger population you are <laughs> but once you go into town into town like it feels heavier so it's like if you get all these people, kind of like a trampoline, you get a bunch of kids standing in one spot and then it goes way down. And so I kind of wonder about like that aspect to it. Warping time the, space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, you're I definitely, that, uh, you're definitely I think that the reasoning behind the smart cities is probably far more sinister than we previously imagined uh real quick before i finish that thought rule i just wanted to say that the only difference between 
whatever that gentleman is talking about and what I'm saying is I'm trying to say that there's more than one sun and moon in the sky, basically uh, at quarters or maybe, uh, you know, just a certain interval where you're never going to be able to see it regardless of instrumentation because of the atmosphere. But it's pretty obvious to me that what we're seeing when people are in high altitude planes and shit, they're seeing the tiny local sun below them is is clearly not large enough to have illuminated the half of the fucking the the plane all at once you know what i'm saying so logically there has to be more than one if there's daytime on one side and nighttime on the other makes sense based on refraction or just just based on the sheer uh land mass that that is well, yeah, yeah. Ob obviously able to illuminate i mean you can see where it's brightest i mean when you see those tiny suns below the planes you're seeing where it's illuminating i mean that's it's but clearly is that, not is that a matter of the light as it comes in to project those entities the sun and the moon um refracting further maybe uh, reflecting off the dome creating the perspective of having multiple suns i i couldn't tell you it's right. something that i've i've a hundred percent thought about mm. but it, it's also uh one of those questions like ben's question how does a hologram exude or absorb heat mm. and i should also say that Yes, uh, the moon is cold, and I can explain why. I'll tell you later. I've said it on here before, and I don't want to be redundant. The reason I think that they're fucking corralling everybody into these little kill boxes is directly related to what uh, me and Alan have been looking into with uh, Sabrina Wallace and the biofield, the bioelectromagnetic uh, warfare that the United States has been working on since the 1950s, roughly. Mm. Um, and it's pretty, pretty ugly, disturbing, worrisome shit. Because while that chick does sound like a paranoid schizophrenic to the untrained ear, if you have half a brain when you hear these things that should worry you, should they be true, then logically you should then go check the references for the individual who's speaking and then you should do your best to verify that information to the best of your ability well in this case uh sounds like a cuckoo bird probably like a sniveling idiot to some folks however she is very bright one very bright her all of her credentials check out top to bottom side to side and i wish they did i really do i yeah. i wish that she was but unfortunately or if something like uh chakra healing is your thing oh you can't say it oh it's still a secret yeah. it's still a mystery then uh you should also check her out just for that 
Yeah. We do have a lot of documents well, that we are reading through, and one such document that just showed up somewhere, and I started reading it. This goes back to 1995. It asks, this is a Glenn Karawizic article republished uh, from a Nexus magazine. 1995 issue asking, are we being taken for a psychological ride by the self-appointed elite via various covert military and propaganda campaigns designed to foster widespread belief in ETs as part of a grand design for the psycho-civilization of mankind? Are we still talking about aliens, or has that just gotten boring for people? I just think it's batshit crazy and ridiculous. Uh, once you realize there's nothing going out, nothing coming It's a in. super popular topic, though. And so then you have lots of people speculating it's demons. Some people think that they're actually coming up out of the ocean. And they even yeah. make Hollywood movies. I watched uh, uh, Pacific Rim the other day because I'd never seen it. And that's the whole idea is that there's a rift in the bottom of the Pacific Ocean and that these monsters are manifesting as huge demonic forces. And sure. that mankind has to create huge mecha robots to go fight him or whatever. And this isn't the only movie. There's lots of concepts where people think that, you know, the, the movie Abyss is the same thing. They go to the bottom of the Marianas Trench and they get in touch with aliens that are living down there. And they're watching our TV news feed and they're like, you guys are fucked up. We're going to have to wipe you out, you know. Yeah. And so I mean, if I was great. all I got to interact with humans was the news feed. I mean, I I, I just got to give it to them. I mean, I, I can't be easy to send a wave really and get them, them, you know, like, let's just wash this off real quick and see what we get. Who stays so who, who, when, who gets uh, cleaned up the best? When they say the more than one sun, it's not actually more than one sun. It's actually a perspective. So oh. if you imagine yourself like inside of a, a snow globe and somebody shining a light into the snow globe. Well, the thing is, because that part is round and the outside sources, well, then depending on where you're standing inside there, it's going to change your the way you see the sun, where it is. So each and every one of us, depending on where we're standing then, has our own individual sun, but it's really not our own sun. It's all one source. And right. it's just perspective because of the way that it's refracting off the firmament. Right. Uh, and then, uh, so to for the Earth to be a flat, only flat planet, well, now you're making a presumption that you've ever seen another round planet. That, that Jupiter's as described, Mars is as described, right. when all you've ever seen is, is a light. And when you're looking at a light, you can't see what's behind the light. That doesn't give you any shape. It's just a flat light disc. It could be a flashlight. Flashlight could be a mag light and have six D batteries behind it. You right. don't know. Or it could just be a little flat LED. That doesn't give you dimension. You're making a presumed dimension on other things. 100%. If you think about um the, the whole like big bang theory by the way it's it was invented by a jesuit priest not right. to attack like i believe there's a god but you know just mm. understand the jesuits mm. are behind a lot of effery um but if you look at that whole theory it assumes flatness right um on a z plane so if a, if a real explosion happened things would go everywhere right um but it yeah. assumes that the sun is lined up next to Mercury, lined up right next to uh, Venus, Earth, and so on, 
on the same Z plane. So like they're they're literally like this instead of everywhere, which would be everywhere like an explosion. Right. And the the way that they explain that is supposedly the sun's gravity. It it just it doesn't make sense if you think about it logically, but we're we're taught to believe our teachers and we've had all our school programming and all our television programming to tell yeah. us that it's a real thing. Here's I'd say here's that's some the main thing is is just the the main the main point and I'll let you go Paul is just that uh this kind of thinking and research and and uh what I would call increased consciousness or awareness it causes you to consider whether or not you should uh rely on authority or the the sense sense data you get from your five senses or however many senses you want to think you have I would definitely say I think there's more than five um you know, so this is to me, this becomes the coin flip that happens. You stop saying, oh, I'm going to trust the authority of blank. And it doesn't have to be stopping with uh, scientists or NASA. It comes to me. It's like everything. Like I, I rely on my own authority more than I rely on any other authority. It doesn't mean I don't respect experts and believe some experts are being honest. But at the tippy top, especially, we have so much evidence that these people are not honest. Right. And not just that they're not honest, but that they're contriving information to dupe everybody that you have to discount it at that point, you know. Mm. And it's unfortunate. Go ahead, Paul. Oh, finish your thoughts, Sean. I can wait. Finish your thoughts. No, that was it. I mean, that's it. It's unfortunate. All right. All right. But it that's that's it's back to that same point of you know, are you willing to allow your core position to be undermined and deal with that super uncomfort? uncomfortable position of being like shit the world's full of liars we're being fucked with we're being uh cheated and moved and manipulated around we're being used as psychological dupes and ploys by people with massive amounts of resources or or would you rather remain comfortable and say no i don't think that's as true as other people do i'm gonna stick with blank you know i'm yeah. just gonna hit the supermarket and call it good yeah. you know historically and, uh, one thing historically after you finish up paul i want to say there's uh, one thing after that after you're done, no, go ahead, bud. Say it right now. No, no, no. No, you go ahead. You're, you're, you're not. Oh, um, people like science. The the Helio Bros. They they like to know that we know our shit, right? Well, let me drop some fucking science facts for you, folks. Pay attention here. We have an atmosphere. We're breathing, right? Now we're gonna get to the stars in a second. We're all breathing the atmosphere, okay? There's no, there's no possible, no, it's fucking impossible for a uh, pressurized, a high pressure, limited volume system of gases to meet with an infinite volume of perfect vacuum without a solid barrier between them because when a high pressure system and a low pressure system meet without a physical barrier pressure equalizes so whatever has the most volume is going to uh, integrate that fucking mass and anything that isn't nailed down is no longer going to be here so that that should be the first clue that you have no fucking idea what's going on the next physics. Yeah. So you said it's impossible. Yes. Hold on a second. 
So well, then I believe both... that through Jesus Christ, all things are possible. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, sister. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know who's so, so saying Thanksgiving this year. You got Jesus. So, so then we move to the infinite vacuum of space where combustion and thrust and energy transfers are fucking going on all the time, right? Which doesn't happen. Please go and study what a vacuum is, what it does, because you have no fucking idea what you're talking about, and it drives me crazy. Okay? Not, not I, only just the vacuum aspect, but the, well, the temperature inside the Earth, the, our atmosphere is very hot. They tell you all the time that the, the uh, space is very cold. Hot runs to cold. So it wouldn't even just be from the vacuum. Like there's numerous reasons our entire environment would just go whoop and suck out into space, just like on space balls. Suck, 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 suck. So you're so speaking so, of uh of authority, um, I had Marcus pull us up. This is the UN's logo, okay? That is the flat earth map, okay? The they could have chosen any map, but they chose the flat earth map. Okay, um, there are plenty of maps with the world like without Antarctica, right? That are just flat, but they chose the flat Earth map, like the the accurate flat Earth map, and two uh, reefs, by the way, which um, we all know that the, uh, that reefs symbolize victory. So they're basically claiming victory over this Earth, this flat realm. Right, so, and that's that's just simple, right in the, right in your face type of stuff. Crazy, and like all of the organizations, by the way, like UN, um, the WHO, all of them use some version of the flat Earth map with like reefs and like caduceus and stuff like that yeah. on them. It's crazy. Caduceus, yeah. the, the homosexual Roman Empire lives. So that, the, the question was about stars and planets, right? Stars and planets. Well, let me drop some physics knowledge for you, folks. Okay? Stars are not burning balls of gas. This number one vacuum, bang, that's knocked out. But you can see them in telescopes, okay? You can fucking get a shitty telescope and still see this. A star does not look uh, like fire a star what that is is sonoluminescence and the reason the reason it's sonoluminescence and i can say this as confidently as i can say the fucking sky is blue is because you can recreate what a star is terrestrially here at home in a jar you suspend a bubble in water you bombard the bubble with sound waves, frequency, vibration, whatever you'd like to call it. And the little plasma barrier lights up because the energy is, is I, I, I can't explain all of the physics, but essentially that sound energy is creating a plasma sheath. And that is what a star is. So that tells me that what's above the barrier is some sort of liquid and you folks are buying the most outrageous 
bullshit story in the history of humanity. Not only that, but your question was about, oh, it looks like a sphere in the sky. Have you ever wondered why you don't ever see the other side of the moon? You don't ever see uh, anything. Uh, you don't see fucking v Venus, Saturn, anything that you can make out in a telescope. All of the wandering stars, planets, uh, that they could be spheres, but you don't fucking know because you only ever see one side. How well, about that? What yeah. about the sun in regard to tracking sunspots and the ancient Chinese records? And I mean, do we not see multiple sides of the sun? Well, I mean, how could you tell? I know, right? Uh, right? How about Saturn? Saturn has a giant cymatic hexagon on it. Even your bald hard scientists will tell you that. Yeah. I mean, it's. Go look at what cymatics are and then take a good fucking look at what's in the sky and stop asking crazy bullshit questions. Go find a book, probably from Robotham, figure out what your cosmology is, because it's been a decade now. And you people ignoring this, it, it, it's crazy. And we get sick of having to explain and explain and explain and explain these very basic reasonable logical facts and, and and people just refuse to absorb it and it's chime in and just say please don't, don't stop asking questions they, so they can't <laughs> absorb it just like you don't want to find out that your wife at 30 years is cheating on you some people live as a cuck they stay living in the relationship they deny all evidence of their own eyes and they don't they don't get out of it they stay with it and that's okay it's okay if some people choose to stay with it, you know, yeah. because we, otherwise we just end up in a frustrated position where we become polarized. And now we hate those fucking people, those fucking yeah. retarded globe heads. We should fucking kill them all. Right. That's the one thing to have. I've been staring at a logo here on my screen for a while, and I, I feel like such a fool for mispronouncing it the entire time. I thought it was FCC, but apparently it's pronounced fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so news from the Federal Communications Commission, the fuck. <laughs> Out of uh, Washington, November 15th, the Federal Communications Commission has adopted final rules to prevent digital discrimination of access to broadband services based on income level, race, 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 mm -hmm. I'm sorry, ethnicity, color, religion, or national origin. And the F FCC cannot discriminate against me anymore. So I don't That's know good. what this means at all, but I think I feel good about it. <laughs> Ryan Stavely, oh. you fucking stud. Man, we got them piling in here tonight. Welcome. So our right to remain on broadband internet, I guess, is allowed, and the FCC will make sure that the prices are fair. <laughs> fair prices so everyone can pay to continue to have fast internet speeds. I guess that's good, yeah. but and we'll see. They still see. won't be the same as other countries and their cheapness of high-speed internet so uh, how much are you all paying for your internet if we go around the room real quick just show up your isp bill and have it ready for right. the next stream it's like oh, uh, wages you know don't talk about 350 bucks about 350 mm. bucks holy dang a month 
So yeah. it costs money to stream and have a hobby every Saturday night where we're trying to have the best possible internet connection yeah. to stream. So I'm thankful for internet and maybe the FCC, oh, yeah. maybe, I guess we'll see if they don't discriminate okay. against me anymore. <laughs> oh. I can't say it like Blame it on the FCC, baby. So, I mean, if you go back into the ancient texts and you look at the descriptions of the astral bodies, I mean, they basically believe that they were entities um, moving through the heavens and that that was the waters of the depth or some sort of a body of water, you know, the waters above and the waters below. And um, it's it's interesting. The dark like, water uh, and the light water. And the light water. But it's interesting getting into the philosophies of how each one of those entities kind of encapsulates um, our reality, almost like an onion leading or building the density that we're within, right? And then as far as the sun and the moon, it's almost like the sun is projecting out like living um, energy that is facilitating creation and, and life and growth. Um, and as that light comes and actually lays across the darkness, it gives us the sense of what the reality is. And then it's like the moon is almost like you were saying, as far as the, uh, the uh, breaking down, the uh, degradation, the, uh, you know, the one that basically is responsible for things dying and assimilating back into, the, you know, um, decay. And essentially, it's almost like, you know, you hear the food for the moon a lot, a lot of people saying. So it's almost like a positive and a negative pole where this light is coming out and assimilating and illuminating and creating the visual aspects of what we can see. And then the moon is, is almost like, the you know, pulling that energy out. It, it is pulling. Yeah, it absolutely it. is. What the... The, the mechanism that does that, I wasn't going to explain this because I've said it before and I don't want to irritate people, but you guys haven't heard it. So there actually is an explanation using standardized quantum physics for how light can absorb the latent electrons in the atmosphere. Basically, you know, uh, photons swapping with electrons. It's called inverse Compton scattering. So what I'm saying the moon's function is and its mechanism of action is, is since we live in a closed system, if the sun were to constantly heat the atmosphere uh, continually since the fucking beginning of time, and there was no mechanism to then reabsorb that energy, then I, I don't even know if the sun would last that long uh, i'm not real positive what the energy fuel source is or if there fucking even is one mm. but what i think is going on is i think that the phases of the moon are ex almost exactly like the battery icon on your phone so as the sun is constantly putting out a steady amount of heat not really fluctuations per, per se and the, the moon is steadily reabsorbing that latent atmospheric energy, then the new moon is the transfer of that energy back to the sun. So you're balancing out the equation 
and then you're wirelessly transferring the power and it goes on and on and on for fucking eternity eternity yeah eternity mm-hmm. dj dj shadow private press right right so blood, blood um, earlier at the beginning of the show i heard you guys talking about the cornucopia um are you aware of the whole story of zeus and and amethia the goat so zeus basically um when he was born he was like hidden away um and they put this goat amethia um over charge of like raising him and feeding him and suckling him and basically grew him you know up and as uh thanks almost they took amethia some say it was when she died and some say they sacrificed her um but nonetheless they took the goat and basically um skin the goat and that's where you get the the buck skin originally but they supposedly took that goat and placed her into the heavens as the as the as capricorn with the cornucopia and the cornucopia was one of her horns that basically when they cut it off it produced an everlasting um you know abundance of fruits and flowers yeah i i didn't I didn't remember the the Capricorn part, but I probably uh, after you started talking, I probably knew sixty to seventy percent of that. Of that but yeah. super super dope. Have yeah, you ever heard of the? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Heard of the what? Vegetable lamb of Tartary. The vegetable lamb of Tartary. Oh, this is a fucking weird one. Yeah. I know about. Marty uh, Lee talks about it. Yeah, go ahead. Does he? Uh, so, uh, yeah. So uh, there, there was uh, somewhere in the the area of Tartary. Uh, it's a valley, I believe. There, it's a pretty specific area. They said that this thing existed in. There were plants, I guess, that came. The seeds looked like little melons, mm-hmm. and then they would sprout. Uh, a lamb that was made of uh you know meat but had a umbilical cord that was attached to the ground and they would uh walk around attached to the ground and they would graze basically in a you know a little circumference a little circle and if if the stalk was to be severed they would immediately die Mm. and i guess people used to eat these things uh, i don't really know but it, it seems like there's a tremendous amount of historic record where you can find mention of this thing uh seemingly in factual representations so right. it's pretty fucking weird oh yeah yeah i suppose Lots they used it for sacrifices and such mm. So what do you know about it, Ben? I, I just very recently started looking into this, but I've been bouncing around from subject to subject. Yeah, Marty Leeds talks about it being used for sacrifices and such, um, where that's why it's such a perfect uh, perfect lamb, because it's not even actually a, a lamb. It's out of this plant um, that supposedly it even bleeds and everything. It has meat, mm. like really yeah. very strange. This is like, yeah, super weird because it made me think of like Cabbage Patch Kids and then like Homunculus because 
you know, you put them in the soil or whatever. Well, but like, it's, is would that be why? Because like a homunculus wouldn't really have a soul, would it? Oh, a cabbage patch kid. That's a fucking good one. Hey, that, hey, guess, stuff. guess, guess who told me about it? Was Saul from Mines? I was talking to him this morning, last night, yesterday. Very recently, very recently, I was chit-chatting with him. Uh, we've been doing a little bit of research and working together. So he's the one who brought it up. And I, I just learned about it in the last 36 hours, roughly. But it's pretty, pretty bizarre. Yeah, it's interesting when you go into some of those older, early books about cataloging the animals and plants and vegetable matter around the world, some of the uh, miscellaneous creatures that are entailed. Now, yeah. now, but part of the problem then with that also is, is a lot, it's a lot of times that was that whole deal where people were reading a description of an animal and then making a picture based off of the description. In fact, Brian here uh, used to live with a guy who has a whole series, who has a tattoo on his back. What was that of a rhino? Yeah, and, and the, the it was a rhino, and based off of a verbal description, this dude produces a picture, and this thing looked like you know a fucking war rhino, you know, like out of a fucking movie, you know. And the guy had never seen it, but now that gets passed off as an actual creature. So I think that there are times that that kind of thing happened, you know. Not to say that there isn't some weird mythical type creatures around, but I think we also got to take that into account that sometimes, you know, it was some shit like that. Right. Yeah, like for sure. Jackalopes, like the very first city. account of them came about. Here's some uh, beautiful graffiti art. Are you seeing this tab here? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. This is a sketching of it, a stone rubbing of the drawing, and it looks like uh, stick figures here on some a cow up there? It cow looks like it really could nice be a butt. donkey. Yeah. Little Jack Horseman. Yeah, this, uh, piece, like, of, <laughs> this piece of etched graffiti <laughs> is called the Blasphemous <laughs> Graffito, a piece mm -hmm. of Roman graffito scratched and plastered on the wall of a room near the Palatine Hill in Rome, Italy, which has now been removed and is in the Palatine Museum. It could be a Jesus. It could be a donkey. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's a donkey-headed figure, and they preserved this. And now, you know, I think this is a great coloring sheet. We could print this out and add some color to it and have a contest. Well, hey, you know, that, them fucking Romans, you know, there's been a lot put out about how uh, their art, this does. This just seems subpar right here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ben. Ben, you know you know what you just reminded me of? You ever see the um, the lion that maybe King Henry the Third had yeah, sent off the, the the taxidermy lion that he has that looks like a that's just weird as fuck looking. Yeah, I've yeah, seen it. <laughs> it's like a mongoloid stuffed animal. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. That's just yeah. what what that called the mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that, I don't that's think, what I'm talking about. You know, there, there there's been yeah. a number of creatures, and I'm sure there's even creatures that people at one point in time came over and saw, and then get, they'd never heard of it. They gave it a name and went back to their country. Like, so literally we could be talking about the same creature and somebody just drew it differently and gave it a different name. And now that thing is, doesn't exist. The, the only thing that I yeah. think, think is real bizarre 
is how many of these things aren't just constricted to one culture's writing or even a couple of interconnected, interrelated cultures like Blemmies. Blemmies are uh, pretty ubiquitous Weird. throughout history. And so are like the one-legged guy with the with the giant uniped foot. Uh, it's face on his belly. That would be a blemmy. That's a blemmy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So so those things are in the writings of a bunch of cultures. Mm. And while while I don't know how to make heads or tails of the Greek history that I'm constantly reading because. Clearly, that you know, that they they didn't just start accusing these fucking people of uh, falsifying history. Like uh, Fomenko wasn't the first or the the last who's going to do it. Right. Um, back even back in the medieval times, people were saying, "Hey, these people are clearly fucking with the historical record." Um, I can't remember. There's maybe three or four people from the 12 to 1600s who all came out and said the same shit that Fomenko ended up saying, mm. you know, and Fomenko wasn't the only one who said thousand, it. It's not a thousand years with them. That's usually, I think it's 300, isn't it? That they're I think it was 800 years with Fomenko. 400 is common. Um, you know, it was one of the most well-known, uh, and then later <clears throat> obfuscated facts about uh, Sir Isaac Newton that one of his great last final works. And of course he was an alchemist and everybody kept, keeps that a big secret and acts like he's some kind of materialist. But, uh, you know, he was way into re-evaluating and re-trying to rectify the historic record. And they just keep that on the minimized tab. You know, they don't much really thinking that, you know, Sir Isaac Newton was like, no. Yeah. And, you know. The, I love the work that Jan Irvin did with the guy named Jacob Duhlman, where they dive into Joseph Scaliger and how the timeline arised, arrived to be the way it is now and how we just kind of, once again, we have a presumptuous belief that's been given to us that somehow in the past someone rectified uh, the ancient historical timeline into a reasonable, um, true enough to use it and rely on it. It's just completely false. I yeah. presumed he was a man named Jan, but Jan yeah. Irving is a uh, a real author with real written work. Yeah, right. quite a few books. He's gone back and forth, I suppose, in his research. And maybe if you've encountered him, you know, ten years, twenty years ago, his thoughts now today have changed in in dramatic ways. So he would be a fun guy to talk to sometime yeah. if he's available for interviews that would be a great thing to have Jan irving if i say his name correctly yep. i'm sure he'll be very well respected and then um he's so, uh, if he's available we'd love to get in touch with him yeah is, I he, actually is he did, gnostic media what is his website now it's, it's uh, uh logos media now logos. He's gnostic media. he okay. changed it over to, okay. to logos media the author did, formerly known as did gnostic he just, media did he just have it out with dylan sacochio and chance too Oh, did they? Time. I have no idea. I, I haven't yeah. followed uh, Jan's current work online, but I did buy his book about the uh, pertaining to the the obfuscation by um, 
the famous mushroom scientist who started the first article in Time magazine. His name is uh, slipping for me Gordon right now. Watson. Yeah, Gordon, thank you. Yeah, Gordon Wasserman. Gordon Watson, our Gordon Watson. Yeah, he was he was Gordon on Watson. with uh, Chance and uh, Dylan, and then afterwards he was like, "Yeah, them guys are fucking dumb." <laughs> he really didn't oh, like Dylan at all. It got personal. Yeah. It got personal. Yeah, it got so, pretty personal. Like he made, oh, he put up another video afterwards, just kind of. No, I think that's a different yawn, bro. That's a different yawn. That's a guy that was talking about that old book. Be? How many There's a lot yawns of yawns. They're just not so popular in North before America. Before we fall asleep. Yawn Irvin <laughs> is a different guy, yeah, because I remember who you're God talking damn it. about. How many yawns are there? So well, you know, I, in about an hour and a half, yawns. there's going to be a lot more yawns, Ben, because it's getting late. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I but, spoke uh, with Yawn. Um, I did like a two-hour interview with him on his recent book there about the uh, obfuscation, the cherry-picking of the mushrooms. When you say recent. Awesome, yeah, yeah, because I've read about two-thirds of the book, but I'm kind of going to go back yeah. over it more slowly because I kind of read it when it was late at night. And, you right. know, it's really dense. And uh, But he he you have to love people that are willing to go to the furthest lengths to really bring evidence uh, out under your nose. And that's what mm -hmm. Jan Irvin is, you know, and Jan Irvin's had plenty of problems and troubles over the years with people too, but he does go deep into the bowels of these archives, pay mm -hmm. money if he has to yeah. bring shit out and show you, look, our Gordon Wasson claimed all these things about the sacred mushroom and the rituals relating to the ancient uh, Mesoamerican, South American, Mexican uh, religious festivals, symbols, blah, blah, blah. And he shows that that's not true, that really he cherry picks, he obfuscates data. Sometimes he'll have his little citation and his reference there. And you go find that super rare, hard to find citation and reference. And it has almost nothing to do with Context. the alleged piece of information he's trying to substantiate with it. And it's yeah. over and over and over again, not just a one-time thing like, oh, they made a mistake or they wanted to make one false data set, but over and over again. And so, you know, unfortunately it's a theme tonight that we can't fucking trust or believe anything they've given us. It's, it is just the truth. It's sad, but true. Mm. Right. I was going to kind of bring up earlier, like, what if you just have chosen not to have a cosmology and you're just going to not care about it that much? Like, it's interesting to me. I've, like, recently kind of discovered Meister Eckhart, not Eckhart Tolle. Probably some people will get that I know confused. who Meister Eckhart is. Yeah, and so I'm kind of like, okay, like, that's a pretty comfortable place to be, I guess, or a position to take is to just be like, okay, nothingness or whatever. It's, and it's pretty zen. So, so I you're mean, going with solipsism. What's that? I said, so you're going with solipsism. Sure. Fair enough. I so mean, Robbie, I, I was. You had a conversation with Yon Irvin. With anything, if I'm yeah. nothing. Is that something <laughs> we can check it out? I know. Um, yeah, if you go to the my Meta Mindcast feed, um, awesome. We, okay. Uh, Technoquatl, the flesh of the gods, and nice. we, we basically do a two. I got his book and uh, read it, and basically uh, we we do a two hour conversation on his book and talk about the towers of skulls and the cherry pick 
various right. items and um and and most of the mushrooms from his research um were basically used for um dancing partying um kind right. of celebratory kind of uh and they weren't used for quote-unquote spiritual function right it wasn't sacred religious rites it was can more you, like just getting loaded, on the, the right. skulls can you expand on the mountains of skull the piles of skulls please yeah, so uh, basically he goes – we were talking about the fact that uh, you go back about 12,000 years and cannibalism was basically run rampant around the earth. Um, and uh, when the uh, when the conquistadors first got into South America, um, there's actual documentation of them finding um, where they had made these towers of skulls. And I've also read in other places where they would throw the uh, women's heads – in one pile, the men's head in one pile, and the children's head in another pile. Um, but they they basically found, uh, and they kind of like, uh, you know, bulldozed it over and kind of, because it was just so appalling. So, but there is some documentation about that. That's awesome. Mm. I mean, it's not awesome for them, but it's pretty fucking metal. It's, yeah, it is hardcore, yeah. man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we we went back, you know, I mean, you can go back as far as uh, I think it's uh, what was it like 80,000 years ago in Germany. Um, they found um, just pits full of bodies with human teeth marks. Um, and then basically he said that a lot of what the witch um, trials and a lot of what the um, basically covering up of, of certain parts of these societies was was the fact that camp cannibalism would just was so rampant everywhere. I I can't argue with the cannibalism thing. And one thing I've always questioned is uh, is cannibalism and you know prions that uh, fuck you up now. Um, mm -hmm. Is that like a real legitimate thing throughout all of recorded history? Because there's an awful lot of cultures that used to say that. You know, ritual cannibalism, and I'm not talking about like necrophagia. I'm talking about like eating live people. Well, right. not alive when you're when you're done. But uh, it seems like a lot of people equate that with uh, powers, longevity, uh, fertility, yada yada yada. Throughout right. history, whole bunch of people. And I also wonder if the the whole uh, mass graves that they found. I've always wondered if they didn't look at it like a favor. Mm. You know what I mean? All the if, rich. Yeah, if, if you go back to the Sumerians and actually get into their literature, they talk about that the humans were created to relieve the load of the demigods, basically, and that we were the bread for the gods. And basically the blood, when, when the humans were sacrificed, the blood was actually like the... Uh, the oil that kept the gears of the machinery running. So basically like only... Jack and the beanstalk. Yeah. Grind your bones to make our bread. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Grinding. But, but it's even when you go back and look at the, uh, the Aztec, um, you know, <laughs> later Aztec culture and the, how they were, you know, basically doing, you know, 10,000, 15,000 people a day and just, you know, and polluting their own water supply in the process, you know. I mean, it's uh, it's yeah, it gets pretty wild, man. I hear what you're no, saying. My question, I'm still confused. Is my, is it an act of love? Is this for World Vasectomy Day or against World Vasectomy Day? 
my question with the prions then would be during yeah. that time, the people who didn't get sick from it, is it yeah. because they were close enough in DNA to these other people that they were eating? So mm-hmm. I just wonder if part of where you end up getting a disease from it is say you eat somebody from that's living in an entirely different environment. So they've got a right. whole lot of different uh, uh, qualities and, and things in them that you don't have. And you just have to wonder if that's part of where the sickness would have came from. Not yeah. that I'm advocating well, eating people, period, but yeah. And from what I what I kind of understand is that um in pre-Diluvian <laughs> times there was the practice of uh starfire where essentially, you know, um they would take um and you had to get the it's almost like the uh the elven kind of princess where you would have to get the princess to fall in love with you to secrete certain hormones and then they had basically like chairs and straws and they would drink the the menstrual fluid of these young maidens basically getting all these hormones <laughs> they would use it almost <laughs> as a, you know well but at, at the point when the starfire supposedly was dissipated and the power of it faded away it got turned on its head and that turned into what was the cannibalism for the claiming and trying to take the power from the blood. It went from a light ritual to a like a black ritual. <laughs> what, what what was that that the what was the term that they used for the uh, the female spoogans? There's like a term and I can't uh, think of it. Yeah, um, I've heard gluten. I've heard um, it's the prima materia. <laughs> I've heard there's various terms depending on on you, you, you know what I'm talking about though, right? There's there's oh, yeah. like one pre- prevalent that I just can't think of, but yeah, I I was familiar with that. I've always thought that the witch trials were, uh, well, the Salem witch trials were because people were eating uh, rye grain that had been infected. You know, yeah, I've heard that. With, yeah, a little er- ergotism. Mm-hmm. And there was um, a town in France that actually, uh, before Albert Hoffman, um, that Sandoz was actually studying. Um, they have like 10 years of data that they can, and then they kind of wipe it <laughs> over and create the character figure of Albert Hoffman, you know, for the, uh, for the fascia, you know, the mythos. Who, who's the uh, Garden, Garden of Earthly Delights is Bosch? The Garden of, oh, what, what are we talking about here? Hieronymus Bosch. All right. So Hieronymus Bosch had ergotism. Mm. He, 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 I don't know if he fucking somehow gave himself brain damage and was just permanently tripping or if he was just consistently eating ergo laced rye, Mm. but that's why his artwork uh, is. Well, at least historically, that's what they attribute it to. Well, and you look at the mystery schools leading into the Catholic Church and basically the development and growing of ergot and mushrooms and all these different cultures from Egypt into, you know, um, what was it? The Thersis there that uh, that uh, Dionysus had that he would dip in the blue honey. In the <laughs> um, so yeah. and then you get into the, you know, the occult Renaissance Church of Rome. And I just think yep. it was common practice that once you were initiated to a certain point that they would basically, you know, that was part of the process of where you would essentially see God at that point. 
Well, you just nailed the perfect segue to this because, oh, I'm sorry, man. I just, I just wanted to say that that, no, that, that my, apology, my apology, I interrupted because that's this caught me. Say what you're saying, Paul, please. I'll, I'll, I'll be real. I'll be real quick. Um, that, that whole time frame that you were just talking about, the Renaissance medieval, you know, the, the witch trials, that was really when hermetic science and alchemy was, you know, coming to fruition. So my thought on the matter is, is they were just doing away with all of the unclean, uninitiated folks who were in the know because people were starting to realize that this is something that Joe Schmo could theoretically cultivate on his own. Mm. You know, so they were doing away with anyone who, because I mean, if you think about it, hermetics, alchemy, all of that traditionally is directly uh, related to, you know, Catholicism. Well, when, you in, when you get into the practice oh. as far as the Catholic Church, as far as the bread and uh, the blood, you know, the bread and the wine um, and how that relates to, you know, bringing down the host into and then participating, you know, um, ritually um, in, in a manner. But I think uh, when, when you get into the whole story of Jesus, um, he kind of comes in and he replaces the um the aspects of the cannibal sacrifice um that the cannibals the priests of Baal, were participating with um and then, you know he becomes the lord of all the lord he basically takes the place of all these things that are pushing the energy down and he tries to bring that and elevate it back up yeah similar to saint patrick you know ben and i were talking about this uh, maybe last night or the night before it's awfully funny that they keep saying that us pagans were eating people and killing babies and all that. When in fact, it was the Abrahamic folks who were, you know, stuffing babies in bronze bowls. So the blood libel that's talked about in many of the texts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just some... uh, actually historically for all that they always go on about human sacrifice. If you go through the heathen text, there's only one text uh, at all ever that mentions it. And it's not even a text. It's a weird poem that has no, like, you can't attach it to anything. It's like a partial poem. And that's the only thing that actually talks about human sacrifice ever. Hmm. Yeah. I hear what you're all saying, but I still don't know whether or not I'm supposed to celebrate World Disectomy Day. Are we... In favor of uh, family planning in so, this way, or um, is it a kick in no, the nuts? I will not be getting a vasectomy. Um, I will be in favor when so, you can uh, tell me where the angels came from. Huh. Right. Dimensional. Um, <laughs> this was super fascinating from uh, Chris Miner. And he's tying. Uh, yeah. uh, that's not the first one. He was tying. Here we go. The prion disease, uh, they called it laughing sickness, and he's seen articles relating it to the dancing plagues, right. which the dancing plagues were fucking crazy, right? Where mm. people literally, whole towns of people would just dance until they died. Right. Oh, I saw that on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, super weird. And then there's other weird older uh, diseases that you got to wonder then also, um, mm. like the English sweats. And the English sweats... 
specifically targeted uh, upper class people. The lower class almost did not get that disease, just the upper class people. And there was two different, was there two or three different periods with the English sweats where people just sweated themselves to death and really fucking weird shit like that? I'd never heard about that, Ben. That's, that's something. <clears throat> yeah, hold on. I'll pull. I'll pull up the pull these two up because they're both fascinating. Um, present arms. So it's uh, sweating sickness, also known as the sweats, English sweating sickness, English sweat. Well, there, or Sudor Anglicus in Latin, <coughs> a mysterious and contagious disease that struck England and later continental Europe in a series of epidemics beginning in 1485. Now, I have a friend who actually has been in Time Magazine and everything um, for some of his studies on the sun. And he says that these sweating sicknesses would, would uh, last... Uh, specific number of years <clears throat> and he said during the grand solar maximums that your the sun is actually giving off much less energy than the grand solar minimum it's just not the visual type energy where we're not seeing like the sun spots you know and the flares jumping off but the en- actual energy being projected during a solar minimum is much higher So, and this is one of the things that he uh, was studying in his solar cycles because he believed that this is a a solar cycle thing that's happening. But you can see it happened in 1508, 1517, 1528, 1551, and then never again. (laughs) Was this affecting the human biofield in some way? And if you look here, right. Yeah, exactly. It attacking the biofield, you know, who knows? And look, here we got a hantavirus, which, and, and this is funny because uh, the guy that I talked to, this was a couple years ago and he was tying this to Corona, uh, pulmonary fever, cough, shortness of breath, blah, 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 36 to 40% mortality. Fuck me. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, those FCC guys. Let them have it. Yeah, Corona coming off the sun, electro electromagnetic. And this this fella had tied it to Runa. If this stream doesn't appear tomorrow, you can find it on Rockfin.com. Odin's Alchemy. We're saying a lot of spicy Um, stuff tonight. So if you're looking for the stream. Tomorrow and the day after that, the day after that, we'll check rockfin.com forward slash Odin's Alchemy for the archives. If videos vanish from this channel for some reason, I don't know why. I don't know where they'd go. Sarah G is mis- making the dog misbehave over here. It's all her fault. So when you all cuss in the chat about the, the animal noise, that's Sarah G. <laughs> At least it's not <laughs> pink hand waving. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't wait. 
So the sweating sickness, I was just looking, that was around the time of Henry the Seventh, <laughs> going into Henry the Eighth. So that was also the time around Mary Stuart, Ooh. Queen of Scots, um, Queen Elizabeth I and John D. Um so, interesting time time. Fascinating. Right? For sure. So Absolutely. yeah. She was originally married to um to like Bloody Mary was originally married to the Prince of France, who right. was the son of Catherine de Medici. Right. So that's that was fifteen, and he 15, died like really uh, young. Yep. He was like fourteen or something, and they were like, "We d- we don't know if they had any kids." And I was like, "Probably not," because they're like thirteen, fourteen. But you never know. <laughs> Yeah, Mary Queen of Scots had, I think she had a, a couple, three daughters that married into different lines, um, that one of them ended up uh, swinging through um, the Rhineland and coming back in as the Windsor line that are the current rulers now. So, and, and getting back to the 15-minute cities we were talking about before, um, it's interesting that King Chucky Third that we have now is the one that was behind setting up the World Economic Forum, is the one that's behind setting up the, um, what are they calling it? You have the Magna, not the Magna Carta. What was the one with the rights of, of man over kings? Um, you know what I'm talking about? I, yeah, I do. I just, I just had it in my head until you said that. Yeah, it's um, the Magna Carta. It, it's, it, it's null and void because it was signed under duress. Is that what you're getting yeah. at? Well, no, yeah. the king is actually setting up now. It's a new Terra Carta, which puts the rights of the earth over the humans as far as the green philosophy. So this is the new thing that's coming in is this Terra Carta that supersedes the rights of man over kings and puts the rights of the planet over man. That's so, a hell of an observation. Yeah. When you get into the whole World Economic Forum and and King Charles coming in, he's actually the Prince of Wales, which is it's its own um, kingdom that's separate from what the Knights of Malta rule over. So almost what the Knights of Malta have been doing with the Queen and the city of London, bringing in this new red dragon, the King King Charles um, is basically bringing in a whole nother um, bloodline to supersede the the knights of malta that are currently in control you know is the green agenda connected to silent green and what is silent uh, green right it's people <laughs> hey so so they're like uh, in the kkk they have the green dragon and yep. then that's also the emblem for um the department of chemical warfare or mm. biochemistry or something yeah. like that. It's really weird. Yeah, and Pike, Albert Pike, when you get, you know, he was, you know, one of the ones behind setting up the Ku Klux Klan, which is 11, 11, 11. You add it up, it's 33. Um, but essentially, Pike went in and was behind setting up the KKK as a terrorist organization to control the black vote that had the Knights of the Golden Circle behind them that was actually based out of Cuba. Was that so, an anti-discriminatory practice uh, that the FCC is continuing the tradition of today? Mm. You gotta wonder. <laughs> I'm wondering hey. about it right now. So, House of Windsor isn't 
technically 13 bloodlines, is it? Um, I feel I, like House of Windsor, from what I understand, is a German um, bloodline that came in and actually changed their name um, so that the English people would accept the, the crown. Oh, what I'm saying is like Sprig Sprigmeyer shit says you got as far 13, as the, so. the original thirteen bloodlines. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. think that the well, and that goes back to you know the the fall of the Tower of Babel and dividing up yeah. the lands amongst the kings of the earth. And I mean, yeah. it's uh, yeah. yeah, it gets it gets into there's some interesting stuff. Yeah, well, one of the numbnuts Rothschilds like named their their kid uh, Nimrod or something. It oh. wouldn't surprise me. So I, those people I, are whack-a-moles. Yeah, I'm pretty well searched, researched on Nimrod, and I haven't heard anything about a Rothschild named Nimrod, but I would like to – I'm going to have to look that up. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think one of their kids is named like Nimrod. Nimrod. Interesting. I would be pissed if my parents named me Nimrod. That's Nimrod. like calling your kid fucking numbskull. Well, Why would you name you, your kid that? Now, if you go back to um, I, Mesopotamia, pre-biblical, yeah. right, in the first – what is it? Thirty-three chapters of Genesis. Um, that's basically the time of Nimrod, and he basically ruled over six land kingdoms and seven seas. So his his kingdom was extensive, and he was brutal. Um, he would go around and basically crucify kings alive, and you know um, that gets into the priests of Baal um, or the cannibals, um, you know, who basically. Um, paint blue rings around their eyes and um in in when you get into some of that uh imagery the art um it's like nimrod was considered to be a giant black serpent or dragon <clears throat> as soon as the goddess would birth the baby he would be there to devour it you know that was his symbolism from his time but he was uh, a king that ruled over um a large <clears throat> Of, of land during that time you know? well you writing a book about this aren't you robbie yeah well, later epic. on it's later epic. on he he would be dead the smack of the center said? of dante's hell oh yeah right? he, he guides dante alighieri oh no he, nimrod would be in yeah yeah but yeah he's um, like nimrod. he's like what hell is built around right he's in the smack in the center right because well, they climbed down him to get out Sure, and in terms of trying to understand Green Day fans naming their kids Nimrod, I just yeah. have have no <laughs> understanding of baby names and choosing them. Right. What about so, cow names? So, sh so should so should I go ahead and uh, schedule a vasectomy or not? I'm still <laughs> undecided on it. I wouldn't I do it. Alex. I know that I know <laughs> yeah, the day is real. I know the day is real because they know, they're, real they're not always page. successful. Sometimes the little guys will creep. And in between and still make it out. I've if read you go to the crash table, my ex, but you my can't ex pick wife, up the dice, then you can't all right. roll. It's not possible to roll my the ex dice wife, you can't pick them up. So you want my to ex wife, her uh, her uncle had two sets of tubes that carry the sperm and wow. he went and got <laughs> this next to me and everything. And then like wow. four months later, his wife gets oh. pregnant, he's like what you know and he had to go in and then they went and uh went and checked it out and they're like yeah you're still shooting winners bro yeah. and it turned I've, out I've heard horror stories that they're 
people have been told it's a painless thing. They've been giving painkillers yeah. and continuously after the uh, procedure, I don't think they use the word surgery anymore in, in medical hospitals. They say procedure. It's a little, <laughs> a gentle little procedure, a little snip, snip, and it's done, but it's cauterized and burning flesh. And then some men have described just the rest of their life. They've felt yeah. like they've been kicked in the Nuts. balls constantly, consistently. Yeah. So I don't know. There's there's a lot of people saying it's a really good idea, but then there's a lot of people saying it's the worst decision they ever made in their life. And then it's like, well, I don't know, decisions, decisions, but the word itself has to do with sterilization. So if they're already cutting parts of you off at birth, and now they're asking you as an adult male to decide to remove even more of your masculinity, your male member... I don't know. It's kind of like offering someone an uh, experimental injection to say, well, would you like to have this? Would you like to have a procedure done? Would you like it? <laughs> would you like it's it? It's an offer. <laughs> you know, it's an act of love. Now, the female form of a vasectomy would be a tubal libation. Mm-hmm. So same thing going in and cauterizing and still that doesn't work all the time either. All of these procedures, I mean, if there's one thing I learned about hospitals in the last three years, 30 years, whatever it is, is that people that go into them often don't come out of them the same way or even alive at all. So I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling about it. I'm going to count my blessings and then still have everything working down there. That would be my that I was honestly sitting here debate wondering that myself, uh, whether you can still transmute your swimmers up in your pineal if you get snipped. And mm-hmm. it seems like at some point in time, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you put a, a, a stopper in the system. I don't know. And would... if that was the case, though, then wouldn't then all these people that have been snipped have all of a sudden developed a, a greater frontal lobe and start becoming, you know, more sage and such. And mm. and it, it's not something that you see because well, that's yeah. also well, been one of my things for like some of these, you know, they're like, yeah, just, you know, s- semen retention. I'm fine with it. I, I agree with it. I, you know, I've uh, studied it myself. It's a very, I, I went through the whole uh, salts of salvation. It's extraordinarily interesting. Um, but at some point there's gotta be more to it. Cause if a dude just doesn't Jack just doesn't come for a while, like you're just like, then does that dude become superhuman or something just because he didn't come for uh, six months or something? It, it you become happen. psychopathic. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I've done it. I've done it. For, I've done it for, I've done it for 11 months straight. Absolutely. None, no touching myself whatsoever. And uh, one of the questions I've always had that no one seems to have a fucking answer for me is uh, nocturnal emissions. Hmm. How does that work? Because you really don't have a whole lot of control sometimes. An incubus or a succubus, you maybe. You still have that after what, what? you were like 13? No, only when I was in yeah. prison and when I was doing this. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yes and no. In here, the, 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 like, the, the thing, the thing that I was thinking, like all like fucking like Superman, like yeah. 
I'm well, a Mormon. Then, Never come. Then <laughs> I I think that the I think that the surgery is just snipping the I think it's called the tuba varus. Uh, might be slightly off, but I think it's it's just a little tube that connects your ball bag up in so that you can shoot your gogans. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is your 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 testes aren't where your semen and everything is being made. You have like another ball yeah. that each ball is attached to further back towards your prostate. Mm-hmm. So if they're just snipping that tube, I think you're probably still building the milk but it's just not going anywhere that's what i've heard i've read reports of men who have said they've gone through the vasectomy and they're uh they don't hang low like they used to anymore so there's no need to keep them chill and then also there's other reports of people who are planning to have kids had enough kids and then the guy says that his vasectomy didn't keep him from having kids it just changed the colors of the kids that were coming home with his wife from the hospital <laughs> that's that's I don't know. My father had it <laughs> my father had it done 15, 20 years ago and he's never had any issues, but hmm. I wouldn't I mean when he uh, for anybody who says that it's not painful, uh he couldn't sit properly for a week and a half, two weeks. Uh it's pretty painful and I wouldn't want anybody rooting around in my ball bag that is asking for yeah, trouble you're awake, uh, you're awake during this it's a it's a yeah. it's a awake procedure and i had one guy tell me the doctor started before the uh uh anesthetic anesthetic set in properly you know and you hear that story about dental and things like that and he said that doctor he said the cut wasn't bad but he said when he reached in and grabbed that first ball and pulled it out to get it towards he said pain like he's never experienced shot from his from his heel all the way to his head he said oh my god like he said he was incapacitated from the pain like, fuck that's rough yeah and my kid got an infection. He got my kid, my uh, oldest son got a vasectomy and he got an infection and he was crazy there for like a week, like really super crazy. <laughs> the, the general topic of fertility in all people's groups around every group of people whatever color they are wherever they live the question of fertility rates around the globe realm sphere i don't even know how to describe it wherever people occupy space and live and breathe and get it on now the success of whether or not they're bearing children is the question we're asking and it seems to be all reports everywhere are leading to a reduce in fertility so people who want to plan their family meaning plan to have a family not plan to have fewer or no children, the planning yeah. to have children is becoming an issue for many people. So for people, men and women, to choose to sterilize themselves. they wait till they're 40, though? Mm. That's a fair question. People are waiting later and later. I think you're supposed to make two to three babies minimum, or I think bad things happen in the near future. I don't even need know if they need to depopulate, because just exponential math says it People don't start pumping some crib midgets out pretty soon. 
There, there ain't going to be nobody floating around to fuck and make more people. I got seven after. kids and seven grandkids. I, I am not fucking around. No, I, I know you're good, dog. I, I my my, my brother has are. three. That's where kids come from, right? That's how that works. From Baldwin, yeah, think, that's yeah. correct. I, I, okay. I correct. So. <laughs> Just trying to get the proper language to understand. Well, and you get into the club of own propaganda. You know, if you get into the club yeah. of Rome propaganda, right. the overpo you know, telling kids all through school that the earth is overpopulated, there's too yeah. many people. And, you know, you get it into people's minds that they don't want to reproduce. Yeah. Right. So when it comes to what they call family planning and when it comes mm -hmm. to what they call contraceptives, pills, miracle drugs, what prophylaxis, whatever it is, as soon as they start talking about changing your body, medical procedures. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. But even if we're talking about birth control, there, there's always the talk of a male birth control pill. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe it's going to happen. Maybe soon we'll have it. And even for the women who are told from the earliest age to go on birth controls, but maybe not given the ideas that there are consequences. I mean, th your body changes. Mm. It improves in some ways, but maybe there are other uh, – what's the opposite of an well, improvement and have to the body? You, have you seen the, the discussions where uh, they talk about part of the reason that women are picking more docile men is that during their cycle – when they aren't uh, ovulating, when they're in the non-ovulation portions of their cycle or the non-really fertility portions of their cycle, they prefer more docile men. When they're in the fertility portion of their cycle, then they prefer the more alpha, more aggressive male. And because they're being put, so many women are uh, on birth control they never actually go through that ovulation. The ovulation is during the, it, you know, the flush cycle at the same time. So this is part of why there's a, uh, they've developed more of a preference toward the more docile men. And then also I wonder how much of the fertility rates, uh, just because sex drives, uh, getting weird because of the extreme testosterone drops. Um, where you're seeing a, a ton of estrogen in, in male systems, especially when things like being told to drink beer is manly and masculine. And hops has more cytoestrogen. It's something like 500 times the cytoestrogen of, uh, of uh, soy. And so like when they're going on about how soy, soy boys and they're so feminized, well, like the amount of cytoestrogen you get out of hops is insane. Fucking so insane. Some of these new beers that they have now also, they're hopping like 60 minutes, 90 minutes. So you have these super, super like hoppy, hoppy, hoppy beers yeah. that people are really getting right. into now too. How about Stevia? And the only reason that they ever did the hop the beers up like that anyway was to make the trip across the ocean. It's the just India. a dumb competition between right. brewers to make beers taste like shit and be too hoppy yep. when they just did that because they couldn't get the beers to stay on the ships long enough right. to get them overseas. You know, it's, the like, it's just British India war. That's right. It's, people, well, then, people yeah. use, people the use stevia. The hops stevia? stem to the beer purity laws. Cause before yeah. that beers were made with anything and hops 
Like yeah. I've got an old book that's nothing but beer recipes and on, there's only one recipe that has hops out of like 500. Yeah, you go back far enough and there was no hops. Like uh, Scottish ales, you get into some of those and there's they're, they're not hopped at all. That's what so, I used to drink. Yeah. Jim, Jim, are you able to explain this statement here? What does a king call his vasectomy? Yeah. Uh, air cut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is giving me memories of me having to pee really bad during Arg's only picture show and Jim getting stuck reading jokes until I arrived back on camera. Oh, the good old days. Really got the ball. What, what were you saying, Paul? <laughs> uh, about people, people think stevia is like a, a great thing. And I'm 99% sure that the stevia plant traditionally was used as like a contraceptive, uh, lowers testosterone significantly, and I think it fucks with ovulation. So uh, that's pretty I, I bad. Can't stevia. I think stevia is gross yeah. as shit. I'm pretty. I'm also pretty sure that sweet and low, or one of the artificial sweeteners, sweet was this was this was discovered because it was. Liver drug coming for to carry a pesticide. Some fellas had it in an indistinct container in the truck one day. Uh, one of them had a cup of coffee, they accidentally poured the the bug dust in the coffee, was sweet, (laughs) drank it. We're driving down the road. Someone noticed, Holy fuck, what have you done? And they went and took it to some chemist because old boy didn't you know, die or have to be admitted to the hospital. And they found out that it was essentially inert for human beings, but we know that it's not and that it causes all kinds of neurological effects and cancer and all kinds of shit. Yeah, but people was... think that low calorie, uh, you know, uh, diet fucking Coke is good for you. No, it's worse. Well, just the concept of a calorie is the dumbest fucking thing on earth anyway. Like the idea that we burn up fuel in our belly like some kind of a coal stove or something. It's just a machine. The the body transmutes things. You can't explain it. You can Mm. you can study it, but you don't get to quantify it and say, oh, we understand what happens when food enters the body. No, you don't. Mm. You don't understand how saliva affects food when it touches it. We don't we can contemplate on it just like we're contemplating the sun, moon, and stars and just wonder what the fuck is happening. Mm. You know. Uh, I learned today that uh, orgone, uh, orgone accumulators, whatever you'd like to call them, and certain types of shungite will, uh, how, do I, how do I explain it, not negate the effects of uh, EMF, uh, harmful EMF waves, but it will harmonize, I guess would be the, the term, it will harmonize the EMF and then uh, lower the frequency and then disperse it in a safer, uh, safer manner. I mean, it's not, it's not going to work for everywhere, but I guess in a short radius of uh, circumference around it, uh, like a maybe two, three feet from a small one, it, it has like a significant effect on EMF reads. Hmm. If you put it in front of a Wi-Fi router. And then take an EMF reader and then look at it. It's it will pretty much drop two thirds, three quarters of the second. 
I thought it was bullshit. Anytime I've ever heard anything about orgone, orgone accumulators, anything like that, I thought it was nonsensical pseudoscience, whack-a-mole bullshit. But some well, things were brought up. I mean, I see it, what they do, oh, a test you can run with just a regular, uh, you know, what makes the orgone donor calls a tower buster, you know, just a puck hmm. of resin with aluminum uh, cast into it. Um, a simple test you can run, and I've never run the test yet, but I've seen a lot of photography of it, is you take a and you take the puck and stick it in the freezer and just put some kind of a clear glass of water on top of it. And when it freezes, it'll create a vortex field that's visible. So to me, that's a good, simple, like, hey, I mean, if if you freeze the water, we all know what happens if you just stick a bottle of water in the, the freezer. It freezes up. It might make something like a pattern. It might make some semblance of a pattern. But it's definitely not just going to create this vortex flow. So then if you put the cup or the or the bottle on top of of a puck of orgone and it does do that okay so that's showing us something mm. you know we can we can once again you know you can debate what that means or whether or not it's useful but to me it's useful because that's the same pattern as the centripetal bipedal shape of magnetism right it's the same thing ken yeah. wheeler's showing us with his um sine and cosine waves yeah i just can't remember what the me and jim used to have it memorized do you remember jim i don't remember uh, reciprocating uh, hyperboloid. The, oh, that's right. Good that, job, exactly. Jim. Hypertrochoid, reciprocating. He says two words: <laughs> reciprocating and yeah. It's Thank a Triskaidillion, Don. <laughs> so, <laughs> apparently, Triskaidillions are downstairs. Otherwise, I would hold one up right now. Um, I have a variety okay. now. I had just one Triskaidillion, and now I think there's three. So, so does it matter when when the puck, if it's a puck shape or if it's a pyramid shape, or if the uh, that's a great question. Like I have not. I have a bunch of resin. I started the process to order a bunch of aluminum flakes. I even called some key cutters to see if they save that stuff. And um, I was going to start to get some and make some of these things so that I have some and can do my own experiments. Yeah, and I just I haven't definitely want to try it. it. Steiner wrote a book on Steiner wrote a book on what Shawnee is talking about right there in I think 64. I just recently picked it up. Um, but it's about the cloudbuster experiment that you're talking about, the like word for word. So if you want so like a I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, I assume I that Steiner and uh and uh Reich because I'm not sure. Oh maybe maybe it was Reich, not Steiner. Yeah, it was it was Reich, not Steiner. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was my bad. Okay. I, what were you saying, Ben? Right, Wilhelm Reich is the main guy that's famous for yeah, orgone. But the stuff that we make, we're talking about making with resin and aluminum and crystals and copper wire. Now, this is really a far cry from what Wilhelm Reich was doing, which was making paneled boxes of organic and inorganic material. So it's yeah. really similar but different. It's not the same thing. You know, it's a different. Orgone not, is, not is sex same, magic. Not at all the same thing. Not even close to the same thing. It's the orga the orgasm is orgone, as I remember correctly. Right. It's the chi energy. It's the sex energy. It's the yeah, life but energy. The, the thing the thing about the box was that the box was built to uh, contain and then uh, condense that orgone energy from the human body, which would be like essentially your biofield. Uh, but the whatever the sexual component of your biofield is, uh, 
so that it's not escaping and nothing from the environment is interfering. So you're basically just purifying your field. And the way it does that is through the alternating organic and inorganic uh, layers. See, I would say that it's it's actually letting in an extremely pure energy. And so it's just not letting in all the energy. So like if you take like a polarized a polarized lens and what a polarized lens does, it only lets in light going a certain way. And then you set another polarized lens 90 degrees from it. Now both all the light spectrums blocked and you can't see anything. It's just black. Then behind that second one, you put a third one and you set it back at another angle. All of a sudden the light comes back. Like how the fuck did that happen? Because all the lights technically blocked out by these two. So I, I take that same idea to the Oregon where he's got interlocking layers of organic and then inorganic material in each it's one is, is polarizing. And so you're breathing pure ether. Aether. Yeah. Essentially, That's right? What That's I what we're feeding yourself subtle energy, whatever we want to call that. Um, but it's been purified through this series of polarizations. Filters. The, the, uh, the NIH yeah. and uh, the military has been studying the, the, the Shungite. I, I just before the show started, I started reading about the, the science of how the Shungite works, but the uh, military and uh, National Institute of Health have explained that it's the uh, the piezoelectric effect is essentially, uh, this is just in regards to the, the EMF wave issue, is uh, essentially taking the... the you know the the energy, the electromagnetic energy, and it's uh, the piezoelectric effect is energy transfer. It's causing uh, electricity uh, voltage, I think, right, Ben? Piezoelectric uh, that's yeah. creating voltage voltage from impact. Yeah. So yeah. what that's doing right. is it's 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 taking that uh, those electromagnetic waves, which are uh, disharmonious, uh, not not good for biologicals. They're, they're just not good for the environment, period. It, it's taking that through a process that's splitting them and then making them symmetrical in the atmosphere, which is not going to harm your cells. That's the most basic dumbed-down explanation I can possibly give to you. Uh, but it, it, it's breaking shit down, evening it out, and then slowly dispersing it. And apparently it's Incredibly effective. In the boxes that Reich was building, um, they were large enough for people to get inside. Right. Yeah. So that they yeah. could basically re-regulate their own natural um, wave expression of their own um, biomagnetic electric field. Yeah, and he called the the confused and contaminated energy the theory that Ben had is seems to hold some water from where I remember because he called it deadly orgone radiation. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, you know, that's why guys like Mitch the Orgone Dogan are taking and and donating uh, 
pipes and pucks to all of the things that are emitting and generating frequencies like uh, cell phone towers, etc., power plants, whatever it might be, because the theory is that that's a, a that's an incoherent scattered field, or it's a negative field, or however you want to look at it. It's deadly orgone radiation. And so then the devices that you sit in or even these other devices allegedly clear up or regulate or attenuate that field back to something that's more manageable and healthy for us to deal with, you know. So it's basically a I've only been, you know, I haven't started experimenting with it physically yet, but I have even I've even bought some resin off of Facebook Marketplace and you know you can make cheaper versions using like Bondo and stuff. If you don't want yeah. them to be aesthetically pleasing, you can just use yeah resin you know sd i hear what you're saying but i i'm still confused does a turkey taste better if you put it in an orgone accumulator uh, only if the turkey orgone tastes better if you don't eat it alan okay what were you going to say well i was i was looking at turkey facts only and none of them about turkey auras so have there been any studies done on the biofields of birds feathered folk is it different from now, they're they're now, covered I, in feathers. Yeah. We're covered in hair and skin. Right. Now the migrating birds, um, they found they had they can see more colors, but mm -hmm. they also have hematite in their brains that actually allow them. That's to one of my turkey facts. The earth. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that hematite in the brain. Yeah, yeah. for for navigating. Yeah. Following. I saw. I saw somebody post. I think it was Amanda Walmer posted that the the human body has some kind of a crystal in right in the front of the the mm. mind also. Mm. Turkey eyesight which... covers 270 degrees, so they have a far wider eyesight mm. than we have. Mm. Much more peripheral vision. Remember on WKRP in Cincinnati where they had the episode where they threw the turkeys out of the helicopter oh, yeah. as a free donation and it was a catastrophe because turkeys oh, yeah. can't fly? I totally remember that. <laughs> catch, <laughs> catch, no, catch, that, that's uh, not actually true. The the turkeys that they threw, like them big fat meat turkeys, they oh, can't. Yeah. But actual turkeys, they fly. It's well, not. Yeah, it's not like fly. you know, like a like a, they aren't going to fly south for the winter. But like my no, they get you know, get some height. Yeah, they'll yeah. find a place to rest. No, it's they'll really funny to me that people think that all these wild turkeys that are ro roaming around and you occasionally see them in packs out in the woods, you think they can't mount up it. on their wings and go? They'd be dead, yeah. dead. You know, of course, oh, yeah. other animals are going to kill them. Is this a good time to talk about waddles and snoods? Yes. And people think peacocks can't fly either, but pe my peacocks, they sleep like 80 feet up in the trees. Yeah. They, they're yeah. way the fuck up there. I knew some chickens that flew up and roosted in the pine trees and it used to trip people out, but they lived out in the country and so they would also take advantage of their little chicken wings and they could fly up into the pine tree and roost <laughs> yeah. and sleep. Yep. My roosters do. I put the If you forgot, the, it would trip you out because you go out in the morning half asleep and have a cigarette and you look up and there's like 35 chickens way up in the pine tree and it's just very surreal, you know. Shitting eggs on people's heads. Nah, I hear it sucks that root, all the peacocks sleep on top, of, like half of them sleep on the house and you go outside to have a cigarette and all of a sudden a pile of shit damn near hits you. You're like, yeah, how's Henry doing, by the way? <laughs> Henry's a cunt. It's still, still a cunt, okay. All birds are. My turkey research has uh, led me to understanding that the female turkey appreciates the longer snood of the male turkey species. Snood length can also be used to predict the winner of a competition between two males. Oh. 
And the bundle of feathers sprouting from their chest is known as a turkey beard, and it gets longer as yeah. the bird ages. While all males have beards, some females also grow them. But well, isn't that what Jada Pinkett Smith is? A, a turkey beard? <laughs> that's a that's a term for women who are going with uh, fruit, Almost fruit like baskets. Women who have yeah. a public uh, facing profile, yeah. So that's why I would say yeah. it's a turkey yeah. beard because well, Will Smith is obviously a turkey. The, the, um, <laughs> the females they get the beard though they won't it won't be like long because the beard is like this these little hair things that stick out of their yeah. chest and the females just get these little ones where the older males. We'll get real long ones. But then also when the males are, are fighting about it during breeding season, they'll rip each other's fucking uh, beard off. So that must be like yeah. some show of, you know, masculinity or something because they'll attack each other's beards. And then the their show feathers, they'll rip each other's show feathers out. <laughs> My turkey facts tell me that if you're confused about the gender of a turkey, just go ahead and feed them. And then stick around long enough to watch them poop because the shape of the poop determines the gender of the turkey. A male's poop will be shaped like the letter J. A female's is more spiral shaped. <laughs> oh, maybe you should. I get did the not know that. Me, Alan. <laughs> I, I was unaware of this. <laughs> this was featured on two turkey fact websites. So. Yeah, it's probably it true must then. Be true. You know, I've uh, never had trouble mistaking a male and a female turkey. They don't really look very similar. But I was gonna uh, say, you know, body dimorphism yeah. might be a clue. Um, you know, feather pattern is probably gonna give you some heads up. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 male's got a big old big old thing hanging so off. Some... He's got big old balls hanging off his, the and waddle. then they change the color. Yeah, the wild. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the waddle. Yeah, it'll. it'll My mom's got turkeys, red, and I go out there and blue. do that to them, and they always answer. I love them for it, man. You know? yeah. yeah, exactly. You get you go out there, and they do their whole bow down when they do it thing. So oh, yeah. I'll wait and I'll stare at them, and then I'll make a big waddly noise, and they'll they'll do it back every time. I love it. I do have a real email address, so if you're thankful for my turkey facts, uh, send me an email. A real website, know. too. AlanMarcus.com is not just a holder placeholder for an email address. It's a real website. You can go there. There's a variety of videos and text. There's a picture of Alan last time I checked the website in a wizard's hat because Alan is not so secretly a wizard. It's um, not a gay porn site. That is a that is a vicious not anymore. Rumor. Depends it's on how far you scroll down. I mean, there's stuff there is some there. some sexy androgynous no. video, but I wouldn't call it gay. There are there are links yeah. to follow. You guys can explore my body of work online. It's on the web. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we did drop uh, links to Robbie Marx's amazing podcast. Now, this is not the only thing uh, Robbie does. Robbie is a phenomenal artist. Even uh, did some stuff for Pink Floyd recently, if I remember correctly, which is crazy over the top. Congratulations. I, I, That's so badass. Um, that off but, Hey, you done it, man. You put in the work for decades now. Like you're yeah. the to me, you're the one, you know, like that classic style of the poster. Like, I don't know who else is doing it, but in my mind, it's you. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody needs it, I'd say, Well, you got to get your wallet out and talk to Robbie Marks and see yeah, if you can I, get on his schedule because he's probably busy. I should but, be um, working right now. I'm taking a break. So it's all right to take a break. You work hard enough, man. Yeah, well, we appreciate break. you taking yeah. that break with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a terrific surprise. 
But we did drop that Jan Irvin interview, and uh, it reminded me, I'm thankful because I want to listen to that, but it reminded me that I have not caught an episode of your podcast for so long that I'm going to go binge oh. listen this week while I'm working on making molds. I'm going to check it all out, and I'll probably hit you up. And I dropped the Nimrod Rothschild link on your Twitter just because it was in yep. my mind when I looked it up real quick. So. I saw that there's an Albert Amschel Solomon Nimrod von Rothschild. Yeah, wow. nineteen twenty-two to nineteen thirty-eight. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So sure, it's just a coincidence that they named him that. So if mom gets angry at him. She's got to say the full name. Right. <laughs> you hear that? You know you're His in name trouble. Is my about name too. Interest rate. <laughs> yeah, Gino Harmer Schmidt. Why is this interest rate so Poor low? Paris Get in Celsius. this house right now. So, um. The as far as the turkey, Benjamin Franklin also wanted the turkey to be the national. Yeah, bird. the symbol of the United States. Right, right. He preferred it to the bald eagle. Is that a euphemism? Mm -hmm. Gotta well, the, 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 the turkey, uh, uh, wild turkey, they're they're pretty smart birds. Oh yeah. Uh, now the, the meat bird, the weird GMO birds that we got, them things are so dumb they'll look up in the rain and drown themselves. But uh, a wild turkey. That that's a pretty smart bird, and uh, they're pretty brazen too. That's a it's it's pretty pretty impressive bird. We have not, not plus it's a way to if you're a drinking man, it's a way to also a wild turkey is a way to shake people out of getting a shot. You say I'm buying shots, and everybody yeah. goes yay. Yeah, you say wild, wild turkey. turkey, and they go oh. No. So you can stop people from drinking whiskey. There are entire species of turkeys yeah. that need new names. Wild turkey. I've drank wild turkey once. I puked like 12 <laughs> hey, seconds hey. after taking that shot. I was hey, in the army. I got one. Oh, yeah. Oof. Paul's got a new knock, name. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? Who's there, Paul? The kids buried in Benjamin Franklin's basement. The kids buried in Benjamin Franklin's basement. Who? The kids buried in Benjamin Franklin's basement. Who? Good fucking question. <laughs> that's a good, that's a great knock, knock, jock. Knock, yeah, knock, who's really there? The one. kid's buried in Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> Fuck you, Benjamin Franklin. How many, Fuck you, Benjamin how Franklin. How many basements does Benjamin Franklin have? Yeah. It's none of our business, Alan, in. and if we find out answers to those kind of questions, we put our lives in danger. Mm. <laughs> 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 the consequences will be dire. The consequences will never be the same. Is that where he, that where he stores his cabbage patch dolls? Most people store potatoes in their cellars. Right, right. Benjamin Franklin's buried dead kids there. Homunculi cabbage patch in the basement. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to bounce out of stuff. here, guys. I'm going to tip my hat. This is my id hat. I'm with my id. I'm in id. id. But uh, it's uh, it's almost midnight in Idaho, and uh, I got up pretty early. So good to mm. see everybody. I love you all very good much, night, more than words can say. I am thankful for you, buddy. Cosby Elcher yeah. hanging out with us. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bye. Have, have bye. Have a good night, bud. Okay, bye. Love you, brother. I'm going to check my email again good idea i did get some good emails a certain robo honky gave me a list of things that the robo honky is thankful for so thank you for that i'll read some of them 
my path in life. It's not all roses and I'm glad. I'm thankful for family and friends, my ability to walk, talk, breathe, and think. I'm thankful for my ability to perceive and discern. I'm thankful to my creator. I'm thankful my family is safe, warm, and not hungry. I'm thankful for our dogs, our dog, hens, and fish. Thank you for making me take a moment to consider how much I am thankful for. Thank you, Robo Hunky. I'll keep my email open and we'll probably have more thanks next that week. Was nice. That was nice. Mm. When I was three years old, I had a babysitter at a chicken coop. And one day she accidentally left the door unlatched, gave me a double handful of bird feed to go feed the birds through through the fence. But I kicked the fence open and tried to walk amongst the hungry chickens. And I got fucking mauled by, I don't know, 30, 40 chickens when I was 23, 24 inches tall. So for quite some time, I found most, most birds pretty fucking disturbing. Didn't really want too much to do with them. Uh, my cousin Nikki started raising chickens and... Unfortunately, when I lived above the bar, when they would go away, I would have to take care of them. Occasionally, they would get out. I would have to chase them through. Uh, for, first of all, the, the neighborhood where the chicken coop still is, where the chickens still are, it is like a crowded. It's, it's the city. It's not rural in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's, it's behind a bar. It's, it's not where you would think the chickens would be. So... It's not really a big yard. Sometimes they'll climb the fence and they'll just start wandering around. The neighbors will come in and I've had to handle them. And that's how I got over the phobia. Mm. Not not a crazy phobia. I'm not like fucking freaking out, crying over balloons or anything. I'm not afraid of babysitters, any, babysitters anymore. You can say it <laughs> loud and proud. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I I got over it. It wasn't crazy bad, but uh, it's, it's doable if you got something that's fucking young. Thankful for child care services. Yeah. It's super interesting because uh, uh, fucking Cozy's thing says boobies. <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> uh, the, uh, chickens, just like humans, kind of, if you only have like 10 chickens chickens have crazy interesting personalities and they oh, yeah. they're really very personable if you have a hundred chickens they're assholes mm. straight out like it's super interesting and, and humans are the same way like any most most humans if you're a decent person you're going to get along with them no matter who they are no matter what their background is if you're in an isolated room and you're just hanging out you're going to have a decent conversation most likely. You know, you'll find something that you have common interest in or whatever and and then you just be, you just do the human thing. And you get 100 people though, yeah, that's, you know, things get a little start getting a little weird, you know, you, you eventually there's always that tipping point where things lose their personality. Mm. Yeah, I have 11 chickens. So and some of them are nice as can be, and some of them try to stay away. Um, and it's interesting mixing flocks 
like young and old chickens and just reestablishment of the pecking just from a social aspect as far as you know um watching it i love animals i i grew up we had a lot of dogs uh at one point in my house we had six dogs three cats two birds a fucking shitload of fish and i think my sister might have had a rabbit or a maybe a ham no she had a hamster so a hamster so i'm pretty familiar with having dr fucking doolittle at home uh pretty cool with animals i i did hunt for quite a bit uh so it's i'm not opposed to hunting i think that people should know how to feed themselves uh should society fucking collapse and believe you me it's not going to walk to you so I thought uh, you said I, I'm not opposed to humping, so I was like, wait. You know, I'm not opposed to humping. But... <laughs> then I was like, what does that have to do with feeding yourself? Well, and it's funny also with chickens, um, as far as the reproductive process, um, they both have vents and they just blow from one vent in the other. Like, yeah, the, they're lesbians, they're lesbians yeah, in, in a strange kind of way. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah, bizarre. Just bumping holes, just like bam, yep. bam, bam. bumping holes, hey. exactly. All, 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 the, all the land birds are like that. Uh, waterfowl have dicks, and land birds yeah, don't. Yeah. So, you don't want ducks have curly dicks. Corkscrew yeah. duck dick rapists. Yeah. Un unpleas yeah. Unpleasant little animals they convey. Yeah. Something you guys uh -huh. were just talking about reminded me of are you guys familiar with it? It's not Emoto's water experiment. I'm pretty sure everyone's familiar with that by this point. But the uh, the continuation uh, kitchen chemistry experiment, whatever you want to call it, the rice experiment. Anybody ever look into that? I in the past yeah. I I did look into that. I'm I'm not fully able to recall though. So so basically what they're doing is uh Emoto was uh, charging water crystals with energy through uh, thought intention, little pasty notes. Uh we're all familiar with the process, but what they did was they cooked uh or they yeah. cooked, people still do it, white rice, yep. and then they split it up into three containers. Right. Now, what's interesting to me about what they're doing, what they're showing, is the the negative is obviously not good. The positive with positive affirmation pasted to it, nice things said to it, is pretty much edible long after the other two are foul, vile, disgusting specimens. But the one that is actually the most fucked up is the one that was just completely ignored, which should be... Theoretically, you should be your control. Right. Yeah, you look but, at children, though. Every kid proves that. They'll take negative attention over no attention all fucking right. day. And the kids that you leave to their own devices the most, who knows what they're going to get into. <laughs> I was that kid, so I have a fairly yeah. good idea. They I was might, that kid, too. <laughs> they might start yeah. renaming birds and I'm i don't think it's lord of the going. flies though i think that's really some horse shit like yeah. i was left you know like honestly we're like a lot of us in this room here are 
you know, either from or or adjacent to the generation that we were the latchkey kids. I was latchkey kids. Like yeah. we literally was, were left to our own devices. It's like I, I was going to say it, but like I like six hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> I do got that list ready. Cover your ears if you don't want to hear offensive bird names. Uh-uh. My headphones are covering my ears. Heimdall, bloody hornblow. Shit feather, rotcock. Thrush, bader, grin, burb. Big bird. (laughs) (laughs) Horny beheader. Old coot. Old coot. There's more. I'm scrolling. The comely. Sounds like said he calls somebody's grandma. <laughs> Old coot. <laughs> Poor woodpecker. Poor dick trickle. Pigeon pecker's queen. Solar ostrich. Yellow tit warbler. Double decker pecker wrecker. Yellow bellied solar donkey. Um, something about Jewfish. Hmm. One fish, red fish, two fish, Jewfish. Pike minnows used to be called squaw fish. Yeah. Pigeon peckers, slippery dick, Hannibal lecture, pecker protector. Wouldn't you want it to be a slippery dick? That's kind of a good one, though. That's way better than like fucking sandpapery dick. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. <laughs> These are offensive names, and they need to be offensive to everyone. Sandpaper dick seems way worse. <laughs> Some of these are like backhanded compliments. Medium rare Byzantine fed beef. Pointy nosed rat finger. Taint tingler. Himalayan snowcock. How do you get that name? The Taint Tingler or the Himalayan Snowcock? The Taint Tingler. The Himalayan uh, Snowcock, <laughs> that just sounds painful. You meet, up with sounds a, bad. you meet up with a twisted twat wobbler. <laughs> Long-necked knob gobbler. I think I was married to, to that one time. <laughs> <laughs> Winkling Ting Tong, a white-tipped cabinet penetrator. The Jimmy, the Joe Jimmy Savile Biden burb. Oh, no. <laughs> the American Woodcock. The Deep Throat Guzzler. The Golden Crested Squirter. Uh, Codon Frodo, I think I already named. The Nazi Eagle. That's Master. <laughs> Eagle. <laughs> the Yellow Backed Cock Knocker. The Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner morphing chicken hawk. <laughs> um, duckbill platypus. Blue-footed booby. Cockatoo. Isn't that a mammal? Mm-hmm. Bush tit. Isn't a platypus a mammal? Pink waving hands. So. Doingers. Brown-crested beaner. <clears throat> Raghead robin. Cosmic <laughs> lichens. I don't know if that, that was the name of a person racist. or a bird. Yeah, creepy crawlers. Uh, we're still we're still looking to add more names to the list. 
Again, we as have of, names of white men have been used as common names for birds for far too long, and those names are offensive, but not offensive enough. So in our renaming scheme, we want to suggest to the organization accepting new bird names, we need to offer them the most offensive, truly without argument, offensive bird names to offer them. So then maybe they'll see yeah, that plant, the names, platypuses or mammals. Common names of birds that exist in books aren't really that offensive. Right. There are far more offensive things than learning history. Right. I'm going with pink waving hand. Pink waving hand. <laughs> Solid. My favorite so far is the white cabinet penetrator. <laughs> I kind of yeah. like speckled Franklin. <laughs> that's that's not bad in light of you know earlier remarks. Probably like maybe like the in-law screamer. That'd probably be the most <laughs> old coot. Oh, young coot. <laughs> oh, how do you spell it? Is it named after that uh, CG guy? Jung? 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 Oh, that guy. Yeah. Number Carl Gustav Jung. Yeah, are super weird. I agree. It lays eggs. It's a super weird thing. Yeah. It's also poisonous. Mm. It but they classify it as a mammal at the end of the day. And I think that don't they carry their babies in a little pouch like a kangaroo too or some shit? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Marsupials. I don't think. No, I don't I think that they're a marsupial. <laughs> they're a they're a mammal at the end of the day, but they mm. they yes. have characteristics of like everything else. That they're weird, right. Fucking things. And yeah, I think you're right. That they're like, they're yeah, they have poisonous, poisonous barbs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a crested bush tit and a crusted bush tit so that's two separate entries crusted sounds oh, the way crusted worse one sounds yeah. Wants it. <laughs> yeah that's rough for sure that's, that's as bad as the sand that's as bad as the sandy dick way bad you also don't yeah, want sandy. <laughs> yeah see matcha says that sounds bad <laughs> what are you doing, Matcha? Well, I think I'm gonna have to jump off. I got a right, to do before was... I crash. So, and it's two o'clock. Nice to meet you. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Thanks two for coming o'clock. on, Robbie. Fun talk. Yeah, I'm glad I could make it. So, yeah, you guys yeah, have a great night. Back. Nice to you, bro. I'm so thankful you emailed me. It's yeah. a real email address. Hey, that is my email address. <laughs> I do respond to it. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for everything. You guys enjoy the evening. Yeah, man. All right. Thanks for coming on. Have a good night. For sure. for sure. Are we going to play some music? Okay. Play some music. Yeah. Are you going to get a harmonica? In my age, like a Jew harp. <laughs> Great show, everybody. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Thankful for you all. I think this has been our it's best Thanksgiving episode ever. Can't wait till next year's Thanksgiving episode.
fought a lot. I'm more thankful than for you guys. We're thankful for you. Yeah. Good night, guys. Thanks a lot. Till next time, you're living your mind.